Hey everyone, Steve here, sneaking into the beginning of the episode once again. Before we get going, I wanted to talk to you about the true crime podcast, Gone But Never Forgotten. Gone But Never Forgotten deals with missing person cases, murders, solved and unsolved, serial killers and everything in between. They focus on the voiceless people in their stories and the psychology of the criminals that commit the crimes they talk about. They've been podcasting relentlessly since April 2021 and currently have over 80 episodes that you can go back and listen to right now to get your true crime fix. The podcast name is Gone But Never Forgotten. You must go check it out. It's available on all major platforms and easy to find on all social media. Okay, on with the show. One of the things I like about Radiohead is okay. is how their lyrical imagery. Yeah, okay. What? What's what's wrong? No, it's quite just, visceral, no, it's but it keep... remains sort of like quite honest. You know, it's like a real there's a real artistic integrity sort of thing going on. I want I want to hear this. This sounds like a good point. Well, I, I sort of just made it. What do you think? Speak on that. Well, you know, we're not here for Radiohead. I'm always here for Radiohead. You know what I mean? Like we're here for Radiohead. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like right here. Yeah, man. And I'm I'm bumping my chest. Why? Well, I... I thought we should do something different for the intro of this episode. And I sort of thought right. I'd do something on brand. A, very in the zeitgeist right now. B, very on Muse brand. Okay. C, Muse like doing things that are really in the zeitgeist at the moment. Don't they just? Don't they just? So I got I got ChatGPT to write the intro to this episode. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. okay. All right. It's come out all right, actually. Has it actually? It actually is quite on brand with the sort of things we cover in this episode, to be fair. Have you produced an AI of our voices doing it? No, didn't oh. do that. But welcome. Well, you could have said yes and then read it. That was it, by the way. That was the whole thing. Oh, it was welcome. It's just welcome. Oh, it's quite good. Welcome to this episode of Our Music Podcast, where we'll be delving into the sounds and themes of the latest album from the iconic British rock band Muse. Released in 2021, The Will of the People has been making waves in the music world with its potent blend of political commentary and powerful dynamic music with this album muse have delivered a compelling reflection all right stop sucking the dick a compelling reflection on the current state of the world exploring issues such as political polarization social injustice and the erosion of democracy through the use of evocative lyrics and soaring instrumentals the band invites i think matt bellamy's been involved i think he's been pushing stuff towards the algorithm the band invites listeners to reflect on these issues and consider their own role in shaping the future Throughout this episode, we'll be taking a closer look at some of the standout tracks, all of the tracks, on The Will of the People, breaking down their themes, meanings, and musical styles. We'll also be discussing the album's reception and impact on fans and critics alike. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be transported <laughs> by the thought-provoking sounds of Muse's The Will of the People. It's just Will of the People, though, isn't it? It's The Will of the People. No, it's The not. song is called Will of the People. The album, the album called is called Will of the People. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good start. start. Should, we, should we just do the normal <laughs> intro now? Let's do the well, normal chat intro. Well, ChatGPT seems to think it's called The Will of the People. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. You join us as we dive into the subject matter of our second season, which was called Are You Amused? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Muse. We went through their entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And we are returning to also ask the question, are you amused? 
And to be clear, we're asking, are you amused in regards to the band Muse, not are you amused in regards to this podcast, which was briefly called Are You Amused, and by which you are now, hopefully, amused. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. I am the will of the people. I love the artistry, the emotion, and also the context that surrounds music. With me, as always, is someone who said they don't really care about art or talking about art, doesn't often relate personally to music, and is the won't of the people. It's Lucas Way. Won't of the won't of the... In the mm-hmm. middle of that, we have someone who can appreciate context, art, and subject matter. Is just learning how to convey that in the form of words, and it's out for discussion as to whether or not you could associate him with humans at all. It's Steve Murphy. Hey, hey, fuck off! <laughs> okay, great. Oh, the little noise at the end. The little noise. <laughs> um, welcome back. To, welcome back to the podcast, guys, and welcome back to something that we haven't touched on in a while. How are you feeling? How are you doing? Lucas? Uh, Be honest. <laughs> Stressed. <laughs> Why are you not looking forward to it? I've got to do all the work. And, you know, that season wasn't very fun. I thought so, it was very fun. I had a good time. Very fun. Great amused. fun getting shitting on the band. It's not as fun to try and defend them. <laughs> well, to d- stop it then. <laughs> stop defending them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stop trying to defend the indefensible. Uh, this is the way I'm feeling about this uh, episode, is that um, unlike the Radiohead season, which is now dead, I forgot we can add fun into the mix oh, when we think of albums again. Oh, and I remembered that, you know, Do you not fun, remember in we Rainbow? can call things fun. Adam, Steve? Oh, that's devastating, devastating. It has been a little while, though. Uh, when did we do When did we do the well, the last Muse thing we did was a bong on The Will of the People, right? Bong, yeah. And, of course, we went to go and see Muse live on the Patreon, didn't we? That didn't. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess that counts as some Muse content. That we yeah, went we went to see fake, them live. Fake Muse no, live. Was, as far as I'm concerned, I've seen Muse live uh, on The Will of the People. Well, you have seen Muse live, yeah. Adam. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it. Hey, if you weren't convinced to uh, subscribe to the Patreon, head over there now and Hear us go to a Muse tribute gig. Oh, it's a great episode. All, 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 uh, all recorded on our phones. So if that, that really, that really time. good qual on that episode. But it's been a while. It's, it's, it's. It, it was in 2021 that we went through the entire discography of Stadium Botherers Muse, uh, and since then they have released their ninth studio album, Will of the People. Today we're going to explore discuss and dissect that album in order to get a little bit closer to answering the question what is music guys for you what is music on the nose lyrics yeah okay fine that's fine that can be music there are plenty of on the nose music uh on the nose lyrics yeah. aren't there like you a stupid hoe you are you a stupid hoe you yeah. a stupid hoe that's on the nose that's very on the nose yeah, yeah. and is music you know exactly what can't that's about it. don't you can't remember who did that song. Oh, I don't know. I've never heard it before in my song. life. Muse. You've never heard You a Stupid Hoe? I don't think so. Should I have? Is this, is this a huge blind spot for well, me? Well, I've heard it. It's by Nicki Minaj. I've heard it and I know less about music than you, so I would have thought you'd have heard it. Mm, yeah, maybe. Steve, what is music? Halloween! Just all Halloween. Just Halloween in general is, is music. I don't know. I haven't thought about these questions, so I'm just sort of saying things that happen on the album. Oh, right. Yeah, fair enough. Is that working? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So anyway, yes, it's been a little while since we've checked in with Muse. So we're going to need a little catch up. And it makes sense for that catch up to, of course, hand over to Steve. Steve, where did we last leave Muse? Oh, oh man. Oh, just hang. I can't remember the voice I did. Was it this? Oh, oh man. That's my projection. It's higher, I think. Um, it's higher than that. Oh. Higher than that? Yeah. Oh, oh man. Higher than that. It's higher than that. Oh, man. No, higher. Higher. I'm going to come back round again. 
Oh, that's man, it. That was that was it. Around. Um, they released uh, Will of the People. That's well, right. Last last thing we left them was a, a simulation theory, right? What's their last album? Yeah, pretty much. And then, it. and then they sort of toured that, and then released this album. As we learned that that was kind of the cycle. There was some stuff in between, wasn't there? Was there? Oh, uh, the big pandemic it was a happened. Big pandemic. Didn't it? I remember that. I mean, technically, the yeah, last thing we left the big them on one. was the release of this album because we did already talk about it. Yeah, I suppose so. Oh, oh we yes. also did a little episode on uh, Origin of Symmetry Triple X or whatever it's called. Oh, and, yes. and we did a little. And we did a little mini. <laughs> and we did a little mini. We also did a little mini bong on. Um, we did a little mini bong on. Uh, Won't stand down. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Little mini bong. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember what comes out in terms of release order, though. When does Cryosleep come out? When did Simulation Theory film Let's come out? Let's go back, shall we, All right, a little right. bit. Go back a little. We do have to go back a little bit to the things we already covered because, you know, these things overlap a little bit, as always. Are we going back as far as the creation of the moon? As far as I'm concerned, the moon doesn't exist, so we're not talking about that. Ah, we're fully amused. Oh, we're on the we're we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll put, we'll episode, put yeah. just put nip that in the bud <laughs> right now. Moon does back exist. in the muse season, baby. Yeah. The muse doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. Nah. <laughs> Do you know why the moon and the sun look exactly the same size in the sky? Coincidence. Sorry, say what? Massive coincidence. The sun is four hundred times bigger than the moon, and also four hundred times away from it. He lost confidence in it, Lucas. He lost yeah, confidence absolutely. in it halfway. 400 like times that. further away. Yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. it's not, they don't look exactly the same size, do they? Because when you do, when you get a, a solar eclipse, you can see this sort of outline of it. Well, because of all the light. Huh? Because of all the light behind, not because sure of all the mean. light coming not out sure of it. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean, Steve. Oh, sorry. It's the sun not exists. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> Simulation Theory Tour concludes October 2019. As far as I'm concerned, I was there. Okay. All right. What yeah. about in everybody else's opinion? Not there. I was also. I was there. Okay, cool. They believe you were there. That's they cool. believe I was there. Yeah, yeah. That's not one of the conspiracy theories. Okay. They released the Origin Amuse box set. We did that. We talked about that briefly a little bit. Yeah. What was no in that? Cares. Remind me because I don't. Showbiz and Origin Symmetry. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of, bunch of bunch yeah, of B sides yeah. and de- we listened to a bunch of demos from it, didn't we? In our first episode or whatever. Bunch of bloody B sides. Loads of bloody B sides. Bunch of bloody B sides. And then. Conveniently, you know, at a time when they're already planning to have a little bit of downtime, as they are one to do, as per the cycle that they follow fairly strictly, COVID happens. Never heard anybody describe that as convenient. Well, <laughs> it doesn't really fuck up the cycle that dramatically, really, because right. uh, that, that was a sort of a planned dip, you know? Yeah. What, they, they planned the pandemic? They planned the pandemic. Well, don't matter. If the simulation theory film is to be believed. Possibly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they were um, obviously planning a bit of a, 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 a lull during 2020 anyway, because that's the sort of post-tour lull that they have before they then get on with the next album. Three-year cycle normally, right? It's generally the way, isn't it? Three-year cycle yeah, between albums, so. as we discovered. Uh, but there was, like, plans of doing stuff in 2020 that ultimately didn't happen. There was no, there was not really anything towards this album in terms of practical uh, work done in 2020. Matt was like, Matt started writing in 2020 at home, but not there was no real, you know, proper, in earnest work put towards an album in 2020, which is why they did a bunch of like cash in bollocks, right? Cash, cash in, in bollocks. bollocks. And he did his he did his thing as well, right? Did Simulation Theory film? Matt released Cryo Sleep, which, as far as I'm concerned, is Adam's favourite thing we've covered. Incredible. Was podcast, absolutely incredible. Uh, which obviously had some solo stuff that Matt was working on because he was bored. That was, re- but that I mean that wasn't released until July 2021. Then I listened to it and I was bored. But there was drips and drabs of it throughout like 2020 and stuff. Uh, June 2021, they released the Origin of Symmetry Remix 666666666. Yeah, the sexy version. 
the sexy version. But 2020 and 2021 go by with no live performances of any description, which is very unusual for me. It's for a year mm. at all to go by without any live performances. But the world was on fire. It was, wasn't it? As was Los Angeles, which... Oh, yeah, literally. Relevant actually comes up in this album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the original plan was to record the album in 2021 and release it and tour it in 2022. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's what the plan became, sorry, ultimately, because of COVID, etc. plan became to do that. Uh, so they basically sort of started working on the album in 2021, really. A lot of it done quite remotely, I, I, I've learned. I mean, I mean, not to, uh, you know, downplay uh, my role in this episode, but there's not actually a tremendous amount about this album compared to their usual, of, their usual amount of press and, you know, knowledge and stories about the recording process and all that sort of stuff as much as muse ha- don't do the radiohead thing of going we keep everything to ourselves they've not been quite so sort of out there as in previous uh album cycles i would say they're older now aren't they and there's no fun stories i guess well there's there's like a couple of like headline things that they want you to know that were released in like press yes. releases but then i think matt bellamy does like two or three interviews and that's sort of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's a couple of it's like a there's like a long a long one with Zane Lowe, another sort of long one, and a couple of magazines, but nowhere near the usual sort of you know doing all the rounds. And there's a thousand quotes to pull from, partially probably because less people care. I would, I, I would imagine. I imagine there's probably less demand to an extent. I imagine they just don't have to promote it as much in a way anymore because they Muse are going to release a new album, so loads of people are going to buy that record. They don't have to do that circuit, I guess. I think what I found when I was reading a lot of what Matt Bellamy was saying around this album, and I remember reading it at the time when it when it when the album was announced and when the album came out and the interviews like that, and I've gone back to them for this. I think um, what struck me is previously, like a lot of uh, interviews with them would have been like, "So how was this recorded? And what like other techniques? And where did this new sound or whatever come from?" And a lot of the interviews on this one focused on like, "What do you mean?" Yes. Like, what is it that you're saying? Which obviously we'll get to on the track by track. Yeah. Is there was a lot of the interviews were then following, you know, they, once they started releasing a couple of singles, people started then going, what's the songs about, etc. Especially because of the climate that it was released into. I think people were very interested about like, okay, well, what are you saying about this? You know? Indeed. Yeah. Um, but also sort of interestingly is that there was at one point they were, con- they were actually contractually obligated at this point, or at least it was in their contract for them to do a best of album, right. basically. Which they kind of went, I don't really want to do that. That sounds kind of lame. Why don't we essentially make a best of in the form of a new album? Was kind of the way they've pitched it. Now, we do know that Muse do like to talk a bit of bollocks. So take absolutely every single thing we're going to say over the course of this episode with a, with a pinch of salt. That could easily be a bit of a, they've sort of. I hear it. I hear it. But you can kind of hear it. I mean, I, I have got, I've, I've put on every single song the, it's place in the, in the greatest hits sort of thing. Okay. Um. But they basically said, to quote, we started going through what our best or our best of or our greatest hits would even look like. And the bottom line was, we were like, God, we could do that so much better now. Don't necessarily okay, agree. Well, well, I mean, uh, some of the that. old songs from 2002 or something would probably be on there. And we felt like we could just better it. Some of those songs from 2002, I'd say, are probably pretty seminal. I don't think you can do Plug and Baby again. I don't think you can do Plug and Baby. I don't think you can do Plug and Baby. 
So it was trying to give ourselves a high bar to really strive harder and almost make a definitive album of what would be the album I would show to someone if they asked, what is Muse? I do think they kind of do that to an extent. You know what? Yeah. They do kind of do that. They do a fairly good job of, of showing most of their modes. Maybe, I think it probably lacks in the maybe orchestral side. I don't. Yes. I can hear orchestral anywhere on this album. That's good. I, I've missed that joke. <laughs> that definitely wasn't orchestral. Um, but I, I would say <laughs> it definitely there is an element of, uh, of sort of, it covers a lot of what they've done. Um, but yeah, they, they, they were doing a lot of looking back around this time, basically. As many bands at their, that time of, in their career, I guess you're going to start doing that, aren't you? Because um, you're paranoid. You're always like looking behind you. Oh, I see what you mean. Literally looking back. Is that not what he meant? I don't think so. But if you've got, okay. so you've got the three band members in front of each other, one in front of each other. Yeah. What's the person at the back going to look? Who's he going to look at? Oh, yeah, that's true. But it gets a rear view mirror. Um, okay. <laughs> to be honest, I lost confidence in my he's, improv as soon as I started. He's it. got a rearview mirror behind him, so when he looks back, he's just looking at the people who are looking back at him. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like oh, a circle God. of looking, <laughs> like like a horrible human centipede of seeing things. <laughs> the human centipede of seeing things. <laughs> <laughs> the winner, the winner, the winner, the winner. <laughs> And we're back. Yeah, reset. Um, but yes, obviously, it, uh, probably also partially uh, pushed along by the fact that they did the Origin of Muse thing, and they did right. the Origin of Symmetry twentieth twentieth anniversary remix. It must, six, yeah, six, it six. must kind of have felt like oh, we've kind of done like half the work of the best of because we've well, gone back yeah, and spruced right. these up, and yeah. But it did mean they went back and listened to a lot of old stuff and thought about what they had done and what they, you know, how they could do something like that again. Uh, you know, they said you know, they said in their career they've gone all the way from metal to pop to Adele to electronic, and yeah, they kind of do that on this album as well. Sometimes at the same time they've done that. Sometimes mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, the other thing, I mean, we're kind of skipping around in the timeline, but uh, they they also they also kind of felt the um the lack of energy of playing in a band. Mm. Uh, I mean, we'll get when with the recording of this album, a good chunk of it is done quite separately. But when they were writing, it was a lot of it was leaning towards guitar bass drums. We played together. The, like that. We played together yeah. as the primary sort of, <laughs> uh, you know. And obviously they talked about this only fucking two albums ago of drones, to be absolutely honest. But the f- sort of primary focus was playing in a band as opposed to programming and electronics and synths and all the rest of it. Sorry, does it go drones, then simulation theory? And then yeah. back to this, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I, I kind of thought there was one in between. But then I'm just thinking about it and... Don't know what that album is. I think I've made up a Muse album. <laughs> oh, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, go on. I, this is the 10th Muse album for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is, yeah, they kind of did go into, the, into, into this with the idea of sort of playing uh, together as a band a little bit more, but also with this whole thing of like looking back at their old, you know, at their old work and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, they basically record over the course of 2021. Uh, 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 kind of done split remote and split in person. So at this point, Dom has actually moved back to England, which I wasn't aware of. Where did he live? LA. Matt and, Matt and Dom have both come oh, to yeah. LA sellouts, haven't they? But Dom, quote unquote, wanted to go home back to England where it feels safe. Cool. 
which is quite sad. Uh, I mean, it must it must feel safer than LA, I suppose. But it doesn't. I mean, that's basically yeah, yeah, the yeah. idea. Yeah. They, they they you know they LA and the Capitol riots and the wildfires yeah. and shootings and all the rest of it. Tricky times, wasn't it? Tricky mm. times. Um, Luckily, it's all better now. Yeah, thank God. It's all good now. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Um, so it was largely recorded in Matt's uh, LA studio, which apparently is in a building that was used. Adam, you might care about this. It's the Red Room from uh, the X Files. Do, do you mean Twin Peaks? Or Twin Peaks. Yeah. I knew it was some kind of sci-fi. Bollocks. Some kind of shit. <laughs> some kind of, some kind of 90s st- stupid nineties bollocks. I assumed that he called because uh, I, I saw. Doesn't that. it have the Hulk in it? No, it doesn't. Not uh, interested. I, I assumed that he recorded <laughs> the album uh, in France. Based on Le Studio. Come on now. What? I mean, that is. To no, be fair, no, it's my if, turn. If I'm doing... It's my turn. We've done a year and a half of me having no fun at all, and now it's my <laughs> turn. If I. Well, hold on. I'm just going to. Yeah, that is the French for the studio. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, no, that's the Spanish, but that'd be L. Oh, L Studio. L Studio. But yeah, so uh, so there was there was uh, fair chunks of it where they're recording in Matt's studio and Chris is doing stuff remotely over Zoom. Very, very pandemic. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I knew this was a pandemic album. I didn't realise quite how much of a pandemic album it was, really. The fact that they like recorded it very, rem- uh, very remotely. Obviously, a lot of the content is pan- a lot of the lyrical content is pandemic adjacent. Very pandemic heavy, yeah. Uh, and how much they were thinking about the pandemic when doing the songwriting and all that sort of stuff as well. I mean, obviously, any album released over that period is like kind of whether they like it or not is a pandemic album. It's got a touch of the coronavirus, hasn't it? Unless you've really managed to completely disassociate yourself from it and just release an album. But and most not- of it, you know, it's it's testing positive. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like positive. Manics with uh, uh, the Ultra Vivid event, Le- I can't even say it. Tuval. That one, Tuval. Yeah, they deliberately said they wanted it to not be like a lockdown album, right? But yeah, it is even. It, is though, it, it does leak through. Yeah, I mean, it is yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't the word lockdown on this album? Uh, is the word lockdown on this album? In we are fucking fucked. Is, is it one of those things? Uh, I don't. I think it's like stockpile. Stockpile. Yeah, yeah. I know stockpile. It does sound like lockdown. You could hear it. Could Yeah, you can hear it. If it's not there, it could be. In spirit. Um, but then they also did, uh, they did do like the sort of finishing last sessions in Abbey Road in England together as a band. All together, I assume, once they were allowed to, basically. Like, you assume. Traveling. Yeah, in terms of know. travel bands and stuff. Uh, it's a bit of a shame because before, obviously, all of COVID stuff, the original plan for this album was to like go home to Tynmouth. Oh, which right. Like a does, Return to does, Roots thing. Yeah, which, which they kind yeah. of did. Obviously, they did the Return to Roots thing in that they released a couple of like looking back at albums looking thing. Back. I also and thought this Drones album, was them wanting to go back to their roots a little bit, no? Well, wasn't Drones not so much a go back to the roots, but more a we want to go back to rock, but not necessarily go back to the sort of songs we would write in the past. Right, okay, yeah. Okay. Back to you know basics. I mean? yeah. Whereas this is them trying to say, what did we do? Let's do, I mean... It's still nonsense. I mean, they've not done another plug-in baby on this album. No, this, this, uh, no. this album is missing a plug-in baby. It I doesn't think. quite yeah. have a plug-in baby, does it? It literally doesn't. It's not on the track list as far as I'm concerned. Wait, hang on. Oh, let me have a look. Hang on, hang on. Adam, I've already got up, mate. Don't worry. Have you? Hang on. Well, I'm just you better where the people, check it, Adam. Where are the people yeah. compliance, liberation, won't stand downs, ghosts, brackets, how can we move on? You make me feel like it's Halloween. It'll be killed. Verona, Euphoria, we are fucking fucked. Yeah, no. Didn't come up plug for me. Plug-in baby. Oh, I put the kind of thing I bring. 
plug in babies off of Origin Symmetry and Origin Symmetry Remix 6666666 and Origin of Muse. So, and a bunch of live albums, sorry. What are the people compliance? Liberation went stand down. Go sack and I move on. You know, first time I mean, killed or killed. For any euphoria, we're for- no, it's not on there. Yep. Nah, yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Thanks, everyone. Glad we cleared that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they're basically, they're recording in 2021. And uh, also, you're talking about the sort of going back to their roots thing, or not going back to roots, but, you know, trying to s- simplify things. Matt also wanted to very specifically go back to singing about the real world. In his words, thematically, we went into a bit of a fanty metaverse fictional world a little bit on the last album. And I'd like to go back to them in the future and probably get a bit weirder. But on this one, sing about the real world again. I will say that actually, for a Muse album, this is pretty grounded. Yeah, there not, isn't... Not a lot of aliens, you know? There's not a lot of aliens, because obviously the last one, simulations, fucking the Matrix and all this bollocks. Drones, whilst more, more, less, more grounded than simulation theory, it's still about a fictional... They've written a story. They've written a little, you know, a little soft concept album there. Whereas this album is more, let's sing about stuff. Which is weird, because it has so many of the hallmarks of a concept album. That's Muse. Yeah, I we were surprised. So. We were surprised to learn that a bunch of their albums weren't concept albums, weren't we? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we talked about. We yeah. talked about when we talked back when we talked about the second law. We were all quite disappointed that they didn't go a bit dip, deeper into it. Yeah, that the theme sort of began and end began and ended with the first and last tracks and one in the middle yes. and all the and then all the yeah. all the theming and all of the sort of live stuff. Not, but the actual albums itself, bunch of songs. Yeah, I think the the same kind of thing happens here. I think. And then simulation theory, we kind of we all said we wanted to, uh, we wanted a real deep, story, we like wanted a cyberpunk. To. But on this story. one, that was not the intention. They did just do a bunch of songs. Yeah, and, and, and like not to splurge my load too early about any of the songs, but um, but although like it's more grounded, it's exactly the same theme of the them's bringing down the big them's. Oh, yeah, song. but at least yeah. I didn't say it was more grounded. I said they were singing about the real world. Yes, I know, but what I mean is not that- about. The fictional Matrix. But it could be. Those songs could be about the fictional Matrix. I think it's the other way around. I think it's more likely that when they write about a fictional Matrix, that could be the real world, and that's what they often play on. And here, the facade has been dropped, you know? There there is no Mm. kind of... There's no curtain of metaphor behind Muse and the real world. There is now just... They're through the looking glass, exactly. Everything's got like a blue tint to it rather than a green tint yeah exactly they're in the real world yeah, yeah. yeah. or if it changed. but if then if it's if it's in the original release it's a blue tint and a subtle green tint yeah they pumped it for the dvd they they really pumped pump it. and and the sequels didn't they they did the same for lord of the rings and you'll be happy to know guys that i did manage to track down a blu-ray copy of the remastered version so it looks like the original cinematic versions not those horrible streaming and dvd versions that have come out what like what will i have on my 4k blu-rays are they new well 4k mate what? hang on I don't have the Lord of the Rings on 4K Blu-ray. Great. Okay, <laughs> I thought I did. I thought I bought it. I haven't. <laughs> Difficult for me to answer. You that. were like, that's something I'd buy. <laughs> that re- it, it sounds like something yeah. I would buy. <laughs> the, the 4Ks are the remastered ones. Yeah, they're the original intention ones. Yeah. Oh, so that's oh, good. Yummy, so they're good. Yeah, but yeah. you just don't get all the bonus content, which is why you didn't buy it. Which is why it. I got the Blu-rays, yes. It's why it With remains hundreds in... Hundreds of hours of Why it reminds in... I mean, I've, I think is I've got the Lord of the Rings Blu-ray box set, which has all those, all those addendums on it already. So that, that's... The, those are the wrong colour grades. But I, but I can keep that for the bonus features. Yeah. And then buy the 4K Slot the, the little films. 4Ks in. Lovely. Oh, no, it's yeah. not. I'll keep both boxes. That's okay. Whatever. Did I ever tell you about my Bond box set that really winds me up? 
the bonk set. Bond box set. <laughs> I was thinking it. I was thinking it. I couldn't. I didn't have the bollocks to say it. I bought the. I bought the fifty years of Bond box set. Right. It's yeah. a cool. It like folds out like a book. And it's got and it's and it's and, and each one just slots in in its own little spot, right? Yeah, I've yeah. got that one. It yeah. went it went up to uh, Quantum of Solace at that point. You got to buy Skyfall yourself, my guy. Had a little gap for Skyfall. Yeah, but now Spectre's come out as well. Well, and and so no so time to die. Yeah, it's really not. I've got uh, the same set as you. Yeah, but I've got the set. But it's lovely they left a spot, and I bought Skyfall and I put it in there. But obviously, it's not on theme. They've all got the same like yes. the, the menu. The menus all have the same graphics on the, them. The discs look and the, the same. discs all look yeah. the same. Whereas then it is just like the standard Skyfall Blu-ray slots in yeah, there. Yeah, it is annoying. And then you bin we- your Skyfall Blu-ray box, but then Spectre comes out. You can just buy the the new one. And Spectre and No Time to Die, and just smush them onto the top of the other one. Just really jump yeah. down. Yeah. This, this is why I don't like buying box sets of things that aren't finished because you can't, you'll never have the true, bo- the full box set. Well, I've got the uh, the MCU box sets. I've got Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three, Part One, and th- Phase Three, Part Two, and that is finished as far as I'm concerned. That is a good way of doing it. Yeah. That is a good. Whereas I went the opposite way. Of came MCU, out after where that. I I bought every single MCU Blu-ray individually. At a massive personal expense compared to buying them as box sets. (laughs) They would release box sets of Harry Potter movies before the last ones had come out, so you could get one to four in a box set. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bet there's a bunch of people who have got Fast and Furious 1, 2, and 3 in a DVD box set somewhere. Mm -hmm. What's the point? Yeah, Yeah, the perfect trilogy, that, isn't it? Perfect trilogy. Perfect trilogy. Perfect trilogy. Different protagonists in each film. (laughs) Should we talk about movies? Oh, yeah. No, they're boring, aren't they? <laughs> anyway, no. uh, so yeah, they spend 2021 basically recording this album. Like, you know, we can talk a bit more about the actual process as we get to each song. Cool. Matt, interestingly, gave Dom the final say on everything on this one. Dom Toretto. Oh. He said, like, in terms of executive decisions, obviously he's still the primary songwriter. He's Matt yeah. But he kind of said to Dom, you are the deciding vote. Oh, that's instead great. That's me good be- for me. Instead of I me think- being the strongest, per- instead of me being the strongest opinion in the room. I think I think people get really fed up with me being so negative about Matt Bellamy. So it's nice to have someone else to blame this time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're back in the music yeah, season. Uh, <laughs> Christmas Day, twenty twenty one. Matt releases a little video in his car of a little preview of a little riffy little song. I'm I remember where I was. I remember where I was. I saw it. I posted it onto the Twitter and the Instagram, didn't I? Yeah, no, Christmas didn't. Day. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I did. Did, did you bit. do it? Yeah, I was involved. I was in charge of the social media for that season. Thank you very much. Oh, Which is really badly done. Yeah, it's true. That's, it's true. True. that's why we. That's why we. Are. That's why we got so few listeners. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah that's why. Um, <laughs> January thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. That song won't stand down. Gets released. We did little bong on it already. Yeah, we've man. done a little bong on it. We've I tell you what, you. Because obviously I know the release date of, of this album. Are you reminding me that that came out in like the first two weeks of January? Oh, it was a long release cycle, this one, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it won't stand down January and the album comes out in August. Yeah, look forward to this album in eight months. I don't think they announced the album when Won't Stand Down came out, did they? Which is why we did another one when Compliance came out. Right. God so March, March 9th, they release a little half-minute teaser video simply titled Muse that depicts the statues of the band's heads being torn down by a group of rioters in the middle of a desert whilst wearing mirror masks. Yeah. With... In the background. The willa, the willa, the. And everyone goes, that sounds like Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Uh, and... Great connotation uh, behind that the at the time as well. album artwork is displayed uh, at the end of it, but not they don't announce the name or anything. Two days later, it was discovered that in the in the 
in F12 on the album, and you know you can find it in the sort of source code that there's the track list in anagram form. Oh, oh, oh that's muse. Cool. So that's oh, fun, isn't it? I mean, and then oh, within what a few F12 de- do F12. It's like inspect, isn't it? Bring this oh, inspector brings up brings up all stuff. the bit, all the bits and bobbins. Yeah. Um, March seventeenth, they released compliance. We did another bong. Did we do a bong on a compliance? Will of the, will of the... Did we bong? Yeah, compliance? because I, isn't isn't it when they announced the album as well? And then they announced the title of the album. Yes. Well, I think we had the track listing and everything because we went over it. In got that, the track uh, list. Yeah. Yeah. Got the track list. Uh, but this is when they start to gear up playing live again. And this is kind of a, a bit of a unique album cycle in that they've actually do quite a lot of live stuff prior to the album's release, which is... And quite a lot of it was festivals, right? Which yeah, is... so basically, they, yeah, they, I mean, the first thing they do back is a very, very secret set at the Exeter Cavern Club, which is a venue that they played at 32 times in their early years, last played in 1999. Wow. So, like, pre, pre-famous Muse, basically. Uh, tickets were free, but you had to enter a ballot to, like... And, of charity stuff basically and you had to sign legal documents and phones were confiscated at the doors oh secret <laughs> secret because they played won't stand down in compliance cool also the first time in 16 years they played without morgan oh and he never comes back either they he never comes back now. he tweets does a little tweet saying wishing muse and all their family friends crew management and lovely fans all the best for the will of the people album tour sure to be utterly brilliant as always gonna miss you all until next time lots of love morgan Heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Sounds like somebody got fired. Yeah, sacked. Replaced by Dan Lancaster, who oh, has... Replaced oh, as well. Lanky. Well, replaced temporarily, <laughs> I hope. Uh, who produced chunks of this album. He's, a, he's, a, he's an engineer, so he did a lot of the engineering on this album. Not the producing, but the engineering. Uh, and he's also played like live with, with Bring With Horizon and produced like Blink and things like that. Good he's for him. Guy. He's a guy. Um, what a guy. They do a couple. They do a couple nights at the Hammersmith Apollo for some charities. I did. Yes. I went to one of them. I of course, you them. did. Yeah, it was cool. They played the gallery. That was something. At the time, imagine it was like tick box, and it's like tick, okay, yeah. Stop but uh, now. cheers to one of our listeners for spoiling that for me before I went to the gig. Oh, uh, thanks. And you listeners. know, and you know who you are. Thanks. He was so excited to to tell you because they like you, and you were like. Fuck you! But if, I, if only I'd shown over the course of a whole season how averse I was to spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, they basically that summer do a bunch of do a bunch of festivals. They do like a festival tour, basically. That is sensible off the back of a pandemic, because no one wanted to properly take the risk of like, hey, we're going to do a fully funded world tour. Everyone was like, maybe we'll do a couple of festivals where the infrastructure is already there and there's loads of artists already. We're all. Pitching together, and know? if it gets cancelled, it doesn't cost us money. Exactly. We just don't get paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it kind of is a bit of a will of the people sort of uh, you know promotional thing because they're not they they at this point are playing the will of the people compliance won't stand down kill or p kill becomes an every night track uh, even though it hasn't been released as a single eventually it is in like July so like a month before the album comes out uh, they actually they do release it as a little single. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like a summer spent sort of pre-promoting the album a little bit because yeah, long, long cycle because then August 26th, 2022, album comes out. It's also released. So let's, let's talk about this as an NFT. Oh, mm. Yes. That's something, isn't it? It was yeah, announced that one of the people would be released as an NFT available on the now. 
there's big quotes around this, these next two words. Eco-friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Polygon-powered platform called Serenade. Limited to a thousand copies for £20. Members of Muse will digitally sign it. What does that mean? <laughs> and each of the thousand buyers will have their names per- permanently listed on the linked roster of purchases. Wow, yeah. incredible. Yeah, the, yes. I mean... First it's NFT. a Muse thing to do. Releasing an NFT of an album is exactly the sort of thing Muse would do, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely it's like... It's a new technology. They're going to do a thing. NFT cryptocurrency bros. Like, Matt Bellamy is definitely fits into that. And then he, then he turns into, which is exactly the same person, someone who's like, I do AI art, actually. Uh, I, I spend time doing portraits. And he's that guy now as well. And yeah, that's he's, fine. And, and he's a poet uh, as well. But again, written, oh, by, yeah. written by AI. <laughs> yeah, he's, again, yeah. he's just read a few, <laughs> a few prompts. Uh, first NFT album to reach number one. Yes. It was the first, was the first, first, uh, yeah, first NFT album to chart. Yes. Mm. I, oh, I guess the album reaches number one. Obviously, it's not the NFT version no, that does that. But I guess, the, it, but yeah. the point is, the point is that those thousand purchases count towards the overall numbers. Yeah. Pretty small, pretty small percentage, I reckon. Bit of a gentle backlash from the, from the fan base on, on that, or from some of the fan base, anyway. It was in a bit of a period, wasn't it? Sort of last, so sort of some sort of twenty, tw- uh, sort of twenty summer twenty twenty one into early twenty two was was a, bu- a bit of a bull market for the crypto scene. It got very hot uh, everywhere, but that did also then lead to the inevitable backlash of people kicking off about it. It got very mainstream. It got very like there's a lot of visibility of crypto in the mainstream, wasn't there? Sort of over the pandemic and subsequent year or two all this bored ape bollocks as well well yeah and then obviously it led to all that shit as well uh and and now and now everyone just kind of doesn't care and it's and it's dipped in and it's dipped in value a bit and now they're buying blue ticks on twitter are you saying that to make fun of me or something oh sorry i forgot that you i I, I actually had to buy the blue tick on twitter in order to have the hexagonal bored ape as my profile picture and you you had to and you you had to buy that jpeg for five hundred thousand pounds yeah, well, look. Well, no, he didn't buy £500,000, Steve. He bought it for only £1,000, but now it's worth £500,000, Steve. Now you No, it. well, hang on. I, I, I bought it for £1,000, and then it was worth 500000 and now it's worth a tenner. But, but that doesn't matter, because I still, I still own it, and actually it's, up to, it's you know, kind of up to me well, what we do with a lot of the Patreon money. So, Oh, I found it here. Hold on. No, I found it. Yeah. Right click. ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ。ビデオ
I don't see the utility in in a copy of a Muse album that's digitally signed. How how is it different to the Mona Lisa? Yeah, I mean there is that, isn't it? It's it's the Mona Lisa's owned by someone, but it still just sits in a, in a and what they've got is a piece of pepper saying pe- piece of pepper, a piece of pepper, Peter saying, Peter Peter saying pepper. officially you own the Mona Lisa. Yeah, and I can get a reproduction of the Mona Lisa and put it on my wall, and everyone can go and see. No, no, you can't. That's death. That's death. But but <laughs> back, but, there, but there is still something tan- tangible, isn't there? In that the thing that you legally and and you know mm. officially own is an item on a wall in a building, and not bits and bobs on a, you know ones and zeros on a computer. Yeah, that's true. Because you can buy movies on Apple, right? But they can just remove those, if you right. Yeah, they Isn't can. That true? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're buying a license to watch it for as long as they have it. Anything you buy digitally, you like, you can revoke the license of. Anyway, which I mean, it's such a t- typical of a Muse episode that we start talking about fucking NFTs and cryptocurrency. Yeah, we can talk about Bond DVDs again if you want. August twenty sixth, albums released. <gasps> What's it called? It's called The Will of the People. No, it's not called The Will of the People. It's called Will of the People. It's it's 37 minutes and 39 seconds long. It goes quick. It's produced by Muse, mostly, with a bit of assistance by Alex Von Korf. Thought you were going to say Alex Ollis. Yeah. And Alex Ollis. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's amazing. Uh, It's... Uh, I can't remember. what fucking record label is it on? Warner Brothers on, Helium it, Three. It's been, it's been a while. Of course, it's Helium Three and Warner Brothers. It's been a while since I've done this. It's I'm been a while. Sloppy. I've not even got it written down. Weirdly, on the same day the album's released, they also released a single for "You Make Me Feel Like It's Halloween." Just give it a couple months. Yep. October is is fast approaching. Yeah, I actually disagree because you make me feel like it's Halloween. It isn't Halloween. That's true. The lyrics aren't. It is Halloween. But it's all it Halloween, Halloween themed. Halloween. <laughs> it's all bloody Halloween. Come on. That's silly. That was a mistake. They should have just, just, just idiots. When you, you make me Halloween. It is Halloween. It is Halloween. Funny enough, the, 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 t- the title itself, they've not said like a tremendous amount about like the origin of the title, but also at the same time, don't feel like they need them to. We no. get it. It's, it's very unsubtle, uprising, protest type yep. imagery. Yeah. Isn't it? Right, yes. yeah. I don't feel like I need Matt Bellamy to tell me his thought process behind that album title. Yeah, I mean, that. I think that's why I, a part of me is like, uh, it has all the hallmarks uh, of a concept album, um, uh, like, in- including a little bit of what the band have sort of said about it, especially the title track. But the, the artwork has it as well. Like, But then uh, that's just something they've always done, isn't it? They've done that for the last, like, Three albums or four albums at this point. It's just they've they've had some kind of a cohesive visual aesthetic that's just run through the whole thing. Yeah, I suppose so. But the album hasn't been a concept album apart yeah. from slightly drones. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's, slightly it's drones. Standard, standard new stuff exerting the influence of the masses. Uh, I think it's as close as you can reasonably get to just calling the album the Resistance again. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just... The Resistance again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I meant. But yeah, I'm glad <laughs> you're good. including it in the title. Yeah, it's the same sentiment in it. Will of the People, The Resistance to Electric Boogaloo. I mean, obviously, the artwork is is of a similar thing as well. It's it's the it's a peep, it's the statues that have been pulled down because of a protest. 
But they're yeah. the statues. That's obviously... We'll get into they're the, that, won't well, we? Well, we'll is this now, well, we're talking about it. Let's get into it. All right. So I, I think Muse are going like, look at me. Look at me. We're the racists now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. So that's well, the first it, yeah. of my, uh, like, obviously wrong, bad faith interpretations. <laughs> We talked about it, didn't we, on the bong? That, like, as much as it's like, yeah, we were inspired by the Black Lives Matter protests, yeah, but but then they're <laughs> they're the racist them? statues. Did you understand yeah. them? And, though? and again, I I don't believe they're going. Well, yeah, that's us. It's just they just didn't think about it. Did they? I honestly think they just went. Well, we're doing an album cover. We want the imagery of people pulling down statues because that's in th- you know on brand with what we're saying on this album. But it's an album cover, so let's have our faces on it. Yeah, so let's it? be clever and have us be the statues. And then that's where the thought stopped. I quite yes. like the album artwork. I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't Orange. like it. Orange, I don't it? like it. I don't like it. Because I don't like that they're on it. Not, not even just the way that they're on it. It's just, I don't, I've said this. Yeah, I don't I want their faces on my album covers. What I, I, I quite like it when it's their faces on album covers, but they've done something in keeping with the theme or like it's kind of subtle. This is more subtle than the Simulation Theory album artwork, isn't it? Yeah. It's too, yeah. Is it so? Is this so? Un- this is like as blatant as the drones fucking artwork. Yeah, maybe. I yeah, guess. Maybe. I don't know. But then there's that this is something thing. a fifteen-year-old would fucking draw in. Like, no, art. it's done well for what? Like, like it's done better than the simulation theory, where it's just like, what if we were a cool movie poster and I've got a gun? Well, but also what I will say is that at first glance, and actually even at second and third, and you know what? Fourth glance, mm-hmm. uh, and even at fifth glance. Yeah, and sometimes at sixth glance, and I missed it on the seventh, but it came back to me on the eighth and the ninth. Um, if if you look at the the statues, they're not recently torn down; they are an ancient people. They're slightly they're buried in the sand. They're actually maybe being uncovered, you know, almost as like part of an archaeological dig. Maybe there's a bit of there's some stuff going on there. I don't think you can just look at it and go, "Oh, it's shit." But I don't like. It. I just don't like. Yeah, it. fair. You think we're in a in a dystopian future where Muse became god yeah maybe and then, maybe they, that's what and then they got and then they got like over overrun or whatever but then we say about all oh, this is so future but the, but but they're quite specifically trying to not do fictional yeah. thing right tr- well hmm hmm <laughs> because there's that quote that came with will of the people the song which i mistook originally as being about the album but it's actually just about the song and you say, it's interesting that you said, oh, they're not trying to do any of the fictional stuff on this album, because here's the quote that came with the press release. Will of the People is a fictional story set in a fictional metaverse on a fictional planet ruled by a fictional authoritarian state run by a fictional algorithm manifested by a fictional data centre running a fictional blank printing, uh, a fictional currency controlling a fictional population occupying a fictional city containing a fictional apartment where a fictional man woke up one day and thought, fuck this. See, what that goes to show is, what I said earlier about take everything Matt says with a heap of salt. <laughs> yeah, because there's a, literally another quote where he said, this one we're trying not to do fictional. This one we're trying to do real world, not talk about some fictional metaverse fake reality thing. We're going to talk about it. And then he goes and says that. He, had, he didn't say that. That's not Matt Bellamy. That's the press release that came out for the song. Oh. Um, and well, then that begs the question, was he just like, well, was he involved in that or not? Yeah, probably. I mean, they're, they're all credited with art direction and stuff as well. So they had a big hand in like the, the, the artwork and stuff. But what I think it is, is the, the repetition of fictional in that way, it's, ov- it's, it's obviously not fictional. 
like that's that's what they're saying, isn't it? It's like a cheeky kind of like you know, no, this is a made up thing about a made up universe on a made up planet. It's not actually about us at all. Because actually, Lucas, what they've done is very clever because it it is about it is about us and it is about well, our planet. And obviously, we'll get onto that song specifically. Well, first, I reckon first. Oh, uh, also, you said about uh, they're all credited, but funny enough, this is the first one. This is they brought back a guy called Jesse Lee Stout as their creative director, who is involved in all design elements of music videos, live shows, artwork, the whole brand, the whole aesthetic. Very cohesive sort of on this one, yeah. Cohesive, not necessarily good. Very on the nose, very juvenile, as we know Muse are, but on you know cohesive. I think the. Um, art like the the art direction, the music videos and stuff is cool though, isn't it? Like, I've only watched the, about two of them. The I'll weird long fingered mat mask thing, like again, that I mean, that's fictional. That I can't imagine that, cool. that. That, that one, one was cool. Yeah. The one for compliance fictional. was just like it's a protest. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. The one for Will of the People, it's a protest. <laughs> I mean, the one for Kill or Be Killed, don't know, didn't watch it. Uh, the one for Halloween, don't know, didn't watch it. From what I gather, it's a bunch of Halloween stuff. Yeah, I think it would be weird if it was just another protest one. It's set at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, it make me feel like it's Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Something mildly interesting about this album, though. First album title not to feature the album title or Muse's name on the cover. You're right, that is mildly interesting. There's not even a sticker. It is just the artwork, but you they, they've got the little the little anag the little like uh, what do you call the little symbol? What would you call that? A monogram? The little will of the, the people wa- monogram the that they sort of made. Yeah. Uh, is is on there a couple of times. So they've got that, a little what up in there. On the uh, C D or vinyl wouldn't it have a sticker. Well, I hope not. Yeah, probably. Featuring singles such yeah, as yeah, yeah. Um, Will of the People by Muse. Oh, it's but, there. Um, yeah, it doesn't have the album, but it's just got like engraved on, I think it's on Matt's forehead. I can see it there. There's the Will of the People like monogram. Also engraved onto them is the words die and fuck off. Fuck mm. off. And, and nine. Because it's their ninth album. Because oh, it's the ninth album. Yeah. Are we going to, this whole like we've done a best of with new songs thing, are we going to pick that out as we go? I think we pick that as we go. Right? I, that seems like, like the way to do it. You you do get a lot of songs where I think you can go, hey, that sounds like that uh, era of Muse. There's not loads in the way that is like, oh, this this is a new sound for Muse. Like even 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 Simulation Theory had a, had a bit of that. I think right. Yeah, I don't think there's many new sounds on this album. It is, uh, which is one of the reasons why quite a lot of Muse fans think this album's like quite good right okay yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of it's it's not very it's quite agreeable for yeah. your average muse mm. listener yeah because they're doing things they've done before but it also means it's not particularly you know remarkable also. i suppose that the the difference though is is like fair play because it was designed to do that this time uh well, i mean i'm glad that we got a new album instead of a best of yeah i, I guess. suppose so but then also going hey that sounds like a muse album is kind of Every Muse album, kind yeah. of, to me, what's a little the, bit. What's the, uh, what's the one? I mean, is there any where you would go, oh, that's quite different for Muse? There's plenty of songs scattered in there, but no one album that you'd go, oh, that's a surprise. Muse album. Well, I mean, my, my big takeaway is that Muse albums are often so messy with so many different genres and stuff on them that Drones is the one that stands out. 
because yeah. it's just mm. rock music and you go, oh that's yeah. weird they've just done apart a rock from the, album. apart from the one ballad that we don't speak of i like that song i've i i listen <sighs> what I, the fuck does it know about cameras after, yeah, <laughs> aftermath no, i like it i think it's good theme theme of the album oh yeah toothpaste broad broadly you know broadly toothpaste. speaking according to muse oh this is just a, this is again press release thing uh, Will of the People was created in Los Angeles and London and is influenced by the increasing uncertainty and instability in the world. A pandemic, new wars in Europe, massive protests and riots, an attempted insurrection, Western democracy wavering, rising authoritarianism, wildfires, a natural disaster, and the destabilization of the global order. <laughs> uh, all informed Will of the People. It has been a worrying and scary time for us all as the Western Empire and the natural world, which we have cradled, which has cradled us for so long are genuinely threatened. This album is a personal navigation through those fears and preparation for what comes next. I think all of that is fair, fair shout. It's on there, Didn't yes. some of that that you read out happen like after they'd kind of been making the album, though? Well, it was, I think it was made in tandem. Well, when did, when did the Ukraine stuff kick off? That's the only example. New wars in Europe. When did mm. Ukraine kick off in earnest? It's been over a year now. Yeah, it's been longer than you'd fucking think. And we're in, we're in May yeah. right now, and this album yeah. came out, what, eight, nine months ago? Ukraine was already was being... Did great. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think all of that is fair. That, I, don't, I, don't think I, don't, I don't think you can really disagree that that is a, a, a blunt and savage description of the world as it is right now. No, it is. I, I think yeah, in yeah. terms of the album, though, they have distilled that down into... The same thing that is kind of on the rest of the music albums, which is just like revolution. Very, very broad. That's authority, uh, power, love, ghosts. There's some ghosts. There's a few more little Matt Bellamy quotes about it, because, you know, Matt Bellamy is nothing if not very quotable. Oh, yeah, um, he is. Uh, I've never made an album that close to the real shit happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, you add the wildfires into the equations where we got evacuated from our home, and then you add the January 6th riots into the equation. So that is kind of, that is a fair, you know, it, this one is, they're saying about trying to be a bit more real to the world. You can, that is kind of true, right? Instead of just singing broadly uprising, what was actually going on in 2008 at that point? I mean, lots. Oh, fucking financial crisis, I guess. Um, yeah. I guess you can kind of say like, Matt now lives in LA. He lives in America where the capital riots happened. He lived next to the fucking wildfires, which obviously the climate it, it terrifies you about climate change. You can kind of go, yeah, okay. You know, first-hand sort of, it's a, you're feeling a bit more strongly, and obviously the pandemic, the, the biggest one that I didn't even mention, that the pandemic's going on. You can go like, it does set you up to go, fair enough to write an album about how fucked everything is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, There's a lot of examples of why everything is fucked. Not a lot of reasons to be cheerful, was there, when they were making this album? No, uh, the end is coming. The end of what, though? Not the end of humans. It's definitely the end of. It's definitely not the end of the world, and it's not the end of evolution. In reality, if we're honest about it, it's not even the end of humanity. But it's the end of something. It's the end of a certain cycle of civilization. There's going to be a big shift. Whether you're talking about an economic collapse, shift and reinvention, total energy transition. That's really what we're dealing here, here with a disruptive transition. But. I think the album does cover a lot of those themes, yeah. but as it's Muse, they tackle it with the subtlety of a cricket bat to the head. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. And I actually think that they get a bit confused in some places as well. I just think, I think all of that is completely fair. I don't think you could really argue against any of those real things about like 
it's pretty hard to deny the litany of ways in which the world is fucked. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with writing an album about how fucked everything is. But as is Muse's way, they write about it in very broad, very digestible, chanting at the start of a song, the will of the will of the ways. Reset. Lovely. Mm-hmm. On today's episode, I'd like to talk to you about Buzzsprout, the user-friendly podcast hosting for non-techie people. I think that if this podcast has achieved anything, it's showing that literally anybody can start a podcast. Do you need any previous experience? No. Do you need top-of-the-range audio equipment? No. Do you need entertaining or insightful content? Absolutely not. But there is one thing that you will need, and that's podcast hosting or somewhere to store your podcast and deliver them to all of those podcast places, like the one where you're listening to this now. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, just do it. We here at Big Mates Enterprises use Buzzsprout to host and publish our podcast because it's the best and easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed on all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. That's Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Podcast Addict. The list goes on and on. The other thing we've found is that not only do you get useful and easy to understand statistics about how well your podcast is doing, but also that the support team is super helpful with somebody always on hand to answer questions and help our podcast succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message to the world, and you'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your podcasts, and much, much more. But wait, because the more is now. (laughs) Because if you follow the link in our show notes, when you sign up, it lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you. And do you know what that gets you? $20 worth of credit when you sign up for a paid plan and that warm feeling in your stomach knowing that not only are you on your way to podcast greatness but that you've helped support this show too. So if you're starting your podcast or you're looking to move your podcast use Buzzsprout and follow our link in the show notes. Back to the episode. I mean do we just to quote Adam do we just fucking get into it? Yeah we can get into it. Yeah. Do we just go into the songs? And I don't know about you, but I think the first song is called Will of the People.
Uh, I would say if we're going to go with the whole best of, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Through line on this album, this is your psycho and your uprising, right? Yeah. Uh, open your open your muse best of with uprising. It's one of their biggest songs. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, 100%. It's simple riff rock, yes. isn't it? Mm. Very accessible sort of thing. Yeah, it's got a bit more of an obvious kind of glam side to it. If I was feeling very generous, I'd liken it to David Bowie, but I'm not feeling very generous, so I'm going to uh, liken it to to Gary Glitter and Marilyn Manson. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even hear, where's the Bowie bit? Well, he's just famous for glam rock, uh, you know, and and doing that kind of thing. I I, I think there's a little bit of uh, Gene Genie uh, in this, Mm -hmm. but also... Do you want to be in my gang and the beautiful people by Marilyn Manson, which is a heady <laughs> yeah. fucking mix, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And also, and also, uh, Royal Blood, a band who are really influenced by Muse, and then Muse got influenced by them clearly on this. Re- song. Really? Lovely. Okay. Yeah, lovely. It just sounds like a Royal Blood riff, like yeah, that's, that's big Royal Blood energy. Who are now obviously supporting them on the Will of the People tour. That that works, though, doesn't it? I mean, totally Makes good sense. pick. Yeah. Makes absolute sense. I'm looking forward to seeing the support act, which has not been the case for me at a Muse gig in a very long time. <laughs> Good uh, album opener because it's the n- title track, but mm. I mean, it's become a bit of a meme that musing about the big thems, isn't it? And we must overthrow the evil thems. And that's just this song. So it's like, yeah, that's what this is about, by the way. Throwing the emperors into the ocean, smashing your institution to pieces and stuff like that. I think it's catchy. Like, it's fun. Like, I, I remember just being a bit. Was this a single? It was the third single. Yeah. It was, it was bit... out before the album. All of the singles out. I wasn't particularly hot on. That much, but they grow on me, you like, right? You liked you liked um, won't stand down, didn't you? Because it was, it was it was a bit of fucking heavy. Yeah, yeah, I did actually. But um, then I saw it live at the Isle of Wight, and I'm like, yeah, actually, this is great. I mean, it's not great. Yeah, but seeing me, Muse are good live. Like, you know, they could probably play Gary Glitter. And, yeah, and we probably go it's fucking, quite a good song breakdown after this song. Is you want to be in my gang? Um, but it but it goes to show that like that. And you you said it a lot on uh, season two, Luke, is that, you know, it's all about the live show and the songs are better live and all this sort of stuff. And that is true. Um, but if you're going by the song itself, it's like fine, isn't it? But it, it was fun live, but I don't think I can really, I mean, outside context obviously makes it better for you. So, and it did, it makes me enjoy this song a little bit more. It's catchy and it's glam rock and it's silly. And a lot of this album is really silly. Um, this, I mean, right, well, have you got trivia about this song? Have I got trivia about it? Yeah. A facts trivia? Yeah. It's just yeah. information about how a song's recorded trivia? Yeah. Okay, in which case, welcome to Trivia Corner! One of three songs that features Jeff Buckley's telly. But I've got two. That was what I was going to say. Assumed you were going to talk about Chris Wilson Holmes' children for a second. Well, the choir... The will of the people, the will of the people, the will of the people. 150 audio tracks. Oh, I thought all you of meant which... that 150 of Chris's Chris children. All, well, no, yeah, yeah kind so of. They just got all, half of all, them in. All of, which, <laughs> <laughs> all of which were recorded uh, remotely over Zoom. Uh, and it was sung by the band, uh, L, Matt's wife, Bing, Matt's kid, Chris's wife, Chris's kids. Uh, yeah, just like the sort of Muse gang. Is L, Matt's wife Spanish for the Matt's wife? Yes. That's, that's, that's good. good. That's, that's good. good. That's good. That's great. That's really good. Yeah. And because an L makes sense because that's the feminine and she's yeah. his wife. Yeah. 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 Lost it's wife good. wouldn't work. It's L. No. L wife. L wife. Uh, yeah, that's something. 
I guess that's a, I guess if we're talking about trivia, if you wanted some trivia, there you go. Have some mm. trivia. trivia. <laughs> uh, Adam, you were talking earlier about this. Well, you sort of started broadly talking about it in the context of the album art, but then you started to kind of talk about this song in terms of the, the, the politics of it all. Do you want to sort of con- continue of, your I, point? I kind of think there's something a bit more nuanced uh, going on here than is usually going on in a in a Muse song that's just like, yeah, the uprising, whatever, because he seems to be kind of against the idea that there should be an uprising. He 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 says like um he's taking on the persona of the people who are uprising, right? He's taking on the persona of the will of the people um mm. and he's saying let's you know let's do this let's smash this let's take the, take these people down and then he says let's throw the baby out with the bathwater which is like an inherently kind of negative thing it's it, it there's it has a weirdly distanced perspective on an uprising it's kind of just this is what's happening rather than you know like an emotional reaction to it and it has that little negative slant in it because usually you'd say don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't get rid of the things that you want to keep in your haste to dispose of the things that you don't. So Bellamy seems to be saying that what this revolution is doing is getting rid of a bunch of stuff that actually we would much rather keep in their haste to uprise. But he's also said that it's ironic and it's actually yes. about pop- populism. And he's and so like although it sounds like he's talking about how silly protests in general are, he's actually talking about how silly populist protests appear to him. And how the people go too far the opposite direction to an extent. I mean, I think he talks about that a lot around the release of this album, is the whole, you could spin it either way and both sides could yeah. run with this. And yes. That's the, and know. in a time where, you know, but for him to say, oh, some of this album was... Uh, inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement and that being kind of like a clickbaity kind of headline and then the first song being about how rising up and doing a revolution is kind of silly if that's how you want to hear it. Not good optics, but again, bad faith argument. So I think it's actually a bit of a a nuanced stance that Matt Bellamy has taken here and that's uh, rare for a Muse album. I say a nuanced stance. The act, I mean, you said about he said it's like a like a it's kind, he, his own words were it's like a populist parody. It's almost an antithesis to uprising. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. uprising was almost populist, but taking it seriously. Where are the people? Is almost quote. Do we know that we're stupid now? Do we know how silly this looks and sounds? Inside of me, there's always been this little bit of conflict between the desire for direct democracy and a bit more actual power to the people. But then at the same time, realizing that sometimes people can be bad. Because they've had no voice for so long, populism ends up becoming distorted and strange and spitting, splitting everything. People end up splitting things just because they don't have any fucking say, which I guess is, yeah, the idea of like, well, let's take January 6th, right? Like, there is, let's be honest, there is a circumstance in which we would be bang up for people storming a capital. If there was, if the people in the White House were a bunch of fucking fascists and it was a bunch of lefty cucks going to do it, We'd be like, fuck yeah, fucking do it, way respect, like, it's finally happening. But because it's, well, weirdly, right-wing people storming the capital of a right-wing president. It was a left-wing president at the time, right? They were, they were trying oh, to stop, this... stop Biden oh, being was, sworn Because it happened after Biden was in, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah. yes. No, it, it happened was, on the day he was being sworn in. That January 6th. Sorry, yeah. January 6th, yes. Um, but let's, let, let, like, there is the circumstance where, no matter what your side is, that the people then 
you know, fucking storming or whatever, and just put in place something also shit, right? Mm-hmm. Matt's talked on this album about sort of uh, that often something that follows uh, a big uprising or big sort of transitions of power is authoritarianism, just from the other side. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess he's, that's he's kind a big, of he's a big centrist, basically. He describes himself as left libertarian, so sort of leftist views, but very the libertarian slant of like, but individual freedoms and all that sort of sort of thing. Bearing in mind how you know what we do on this podcast is the deep dive, and we go and source quotes with people justifying their take and everything, uh, and you know their position on a song. Not everyone does that. I'd say the the minority of people do that, and so. The timing of the album does make it a weird sentiment. Mm. And the fact that you could read it either way makes this, maybe it is, you know, yeah, like a big kind of left-wing Black Lives Matter kind of anthem, or maybe it is an anthem for the kind of people that stormed the Capitol on January the 6th. And I sometimes think make up your own mind either way isn't, isn't good enough sometimes. Yeah, it is. Um, but then also at the same time, you say like, yeah, a lot of people won't seek out the quotes where he kind of explains his position. And so they could see the bad view of it. Mm. Also, let's be honest, unless you're reading too far into it, that kind of slightly ironic line of like, let's throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you didn't catch that one line, the rest of it is all kind of just broadly. Yeah, fucking bring it all down. That's true. Without that. that bit. Because if you're not reading quotes, you're also probably not reading into lyrics. Also possibly. true. Yeah. Also true. But I mean, yeah, let's, I, you know, as I said, Muse are nothing if not heavy handed and smack you in the head with the, the cricket bat of right. what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not yeah. exactly, you know. Shit song, though, isn't it? I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it's quite catchy, actually. It grew on me. It, grew, well, it didn't grow on me. It didn't, I mean, I don't fucking love it. It's like, I, I have I seen it live? I've seen the stupid rip off band play. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, so I have seen it live, yeah. Right. <laughs> seen it live oh, yeah. by a, a cover band. That means I've seen it live twice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like, like to me, it's like an uprising. I don't hate uprising. I also would gladly drop it from every like gig. That's probably album. just like overplayed. Though I remember liking Uprising when it came out. I have never. This is maybe one of my least favorite Muse songs. I just can't. I cannot abide it, and I don't know why. It is very simple, isn't it? It is like you say. It's the uprising or the psycho or the what's the one off drones? It's psycho. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely fine. It's, it's too cheeky. Normal. It's too it's cheeky. Steve, what's a roto? What's a roto tom? Uh, drum. The song features heavy use of roto toms recorded in a car park. Uh, well, oh, why? I don't know. <laughs> why not, Steve? Why not? Don't stifle their creativity. It's drums that are, um, they are tuned drums without shells, if you can imagine not having the wooden body attached to it. And they are specifically tuned, mounted to a frame and tuned. Wish I hadn't brought it up. That's not very interesting. More interesting than this album, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, what are the people? So uh, Adam, big, big no. Big thumbs uh, down. I, I mean, on the plus side, that does mean that, like, it starts at the bottom and it's just all up from here. Nice. Like, I prefer I mean, every uh, song on the album to this song, I think. I guess another line that stands out, in, like, with the, for the baby with the bathwater, is the other one, which is, we need a revolution so long as we all stay free. The will of the will of the. Yeah. Which is sort of, we need everything to change, but also let's not go into a different type of terrible authoritarianism. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. rise you know. up, but not too hard. Let's yeah. rise up, but let's not keep... 
Let's no, whoa, 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 let's do it sensibly. Let, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so that's at least something. That's at least you know. That's a, a that's a good sentiment at least. As long as we all stay free, that's fairly un unambiguous. As long as we all stay free, I guess some could the the, the unfair read could be as long as we all stay free. To storm the capital and shoot guns. Yeah, yeah to own guns. and Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not... Uh, in this case, don't worry. We don't need to talk about politics and sort of how people interpret their lyrics on the next song. Don't worry. Compliance. We just need your compliance. You will feel no pain anymore. No more defiance. We just need your compliance Just give us your compliance We won't let you feel lost anymore No more self-reliance Fall into line You will do as you're told No choice, fatigue Your blood is running cold We lose the world will fall apart Love of your life Will mend your broken heart Life lived in fear You need protection You're all alone Too much rejection We have what you need Just reach out and touch We can save you We just need your compliance That fucking bass line I tell you what That's a good bass line Muse, good bass. So this we is sound, your this is your simulation Chris. theory synth pop song. Straight back into simulation theory. It's like we've never back. been away. Like we never. Sounds been like away. the Night Rider theme. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like a fun little futuristic kind of pop song thing. No, you're doing. You're not doing Night Rider there. You're doing Night Rider. No, you're not doing Night Rider there. You're doing. Oh no 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 no! Night Rider goes. That's it. This one, like the synth line, which I I like. I mean, I like this song. What the fuck to know about cameras? Do we retire? No, we said we retire it next season. We haven't actually reached next season yet. Okay, yeah, um, fair enough. Okay. I, I like the song. I liked it when it was first released. When we, when well, we did the wrong on it, I said I like this because it's just because it's really catchy. I really like the bass line and the, and the synth yeah. sound, which specifically was influenced by Jump, which the, the producer, the producer yeah, described hey, it as yeah, one of yeah. the all-time great synth sounds. It is one of the all-time is, great synth sounds, and we've always said that. We've on always this podcast. said it. We're always, always saying it. it. <laughs> yeah, we always. Our say friend, it. our friend, our friend Pete, who obviously had a synth in the band I was in way back, it had a setting on obviously. it, just called Jump. Press the little button. Lovely. Perfect synth sound of Jump. It was great. Obviously, we obviously we jams Jump when we play band. When we do band practice, oh, we play Jump. Of course, of course we would. The bit I like is that background bit. The bit that goes. That, yeah, okay, that, you were that, actually. That was Coronation Street. Why is everyone doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sound like Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I did not like this on first uh, on first yeah, look or second look or third look. Grew me on the fourth. Didn't mind it yeah. by the fifth. Sixth, yeah. seventh, eighth, good. Ninth, bad again. Tenth, loved it. Eleventh, <laughs> t- tempered a little bit. I don't mind this now. Yeah, I think I think this is quite fun. Uh, it's you know it's got all the airy and ethereal stuff and it's quite uh it's quite crunchy the bass and the synth is is is, is quite country. Cu- country. country. It's not country. Not Adam, country. This is not country. country. 
Really? That bit that I like, that's not on like a nice lap steel or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <Have> <laughs> you, what's enough. the closest thing Muse have done to country? Uh, uh, Knights of Sidonia. Uh, yeah, there's that. There's that. Yeah, no, that's no, right. That there's is that right, bit though. in the Globalist that's like kind of Western twang, isn't there? <gasn't> yes, you're right. Well, it's Man with the Harmonica, really, isn't it? Let's face it. I tell you what did occur to me in these first two tracks. That's Will of the People and Compliance. Where are the melodies? They're very flat and not very dynamic for Muse. What vocal wise? We're talking vocally. Yeah, because this verse is like. Uh, yeah, because they're, they're both uh, that Muse uh, pop. Muse, uh, Muse's pop songs often aren't the ones with the big good melodies. Matt, that's more he does it on his rock songs and his and his mellow songs and his you know orchestral. His pop songs are quite or chanty or quite you know what I mean. Is it staccato? Is staccato having stoppy starty vocals? Yes, a bit more staccato. He doesn't do like big stiletto on their pop songs so much, you know. Mm. Apart from like. There's, there's exceptions, Starlight and, you know... I don't even need it to be, like, operatic and dramatic. I'd just like it to be a bit more vertical than... Nah, 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 compliance, nah, we nah, just nah, need nah, your nah, compliance. And then Will of the People. Like, what, what are the verses of Will of the People? Is it... What does he talk about when you're talking about melodies being verticality? Horizontal and vertical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very horizontal melody, which means it stays quite flat. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But, which is which is fine if you're using it properly. But I, I'm just not. I'm not used to it from Muse, and so I think these songs don't. The melodies aren't what get lodged in my head. It's the it's the synth parts. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's the that's the catchy bit. It's none of the actual sort of like the songwriting of it. Again, I saw it at the Isle of Wight festival. He's not going to stop. He's not going to stop about it. He's not going to stop. No, because I've seen I've seen some of these songs live, and they unlocked a bit better then. But I've seen some of these songs live as well. I've seen some of these songs live as well. But what do they know about cameras? I disliked Compliance when I first. I remember listening to it for the first time. We. I just got to Edinburgh and we got into our hotel room. Well, I've been yeah, to Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I've like, been to Edinburgh, humble brag. And then you guys were like, there's a new song out. I was like, cool. So we we just figured out as well that we had Bluetooth in the room, that the speakers in the ceiling. Oh, like, I, we I stay in four-star hotels. Oh, look at it me. It was actually very cheap. Oh, oh, I can find a bargain. I'm good at shopping <laughs> around. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I was like, nope, we've got to stop everything. Just got there. There's a new Muse track. It's like me when on. I got to Vegas and listened to Psycho twice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. Vegas is, uh, if if nothing, the uh, the Edinburgh the of, of the Southwest. Yeah, I didn't really think that through. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a big old. So I was like, oh, I think it was like the lazy rhyming and the repetitive nature of it. But it has grown on me, and it's fun live. Because I've seen it at the Isle of Wight. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Matt, I mean, Matt Bellamy Wild. did describe this as their best pop track they've ever done. No, it's not. Do you know what? Well, uh, do you know what? Best, like, synth pop kind of thing. I think it's up there for them. I'd mm. take, you know? I don't know, uh, I'd, take, I'd take Dark Side over this. Nah, this is better than Dark Side. I'd take Pressure over this. No, this is better than Pressure. I'd take, I'd take Panic Station over all of the above. Yeah, yeah, okay, maybe Panic Station. Then again, Panic yeah, Station yeah. isn't Cynthia. It's uh, fucking... Bow, bow, yeah, bow, that's true. Bow, 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 I've bow, seen bow. that live. Yeah, we saw it live by a cover band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. right, let's no, get into the fucking... Pal. Come on. Right. Okay, right. So, so the do you want lyrics... my completely... Do you want my bad faith take? Do you want my completely, like, I'm an asshole take on compliance by Muse? Go on. Yeah. Go off, okay. Queen. So, like, the politics of this album in general, we've already talked about Inspired by Black Lives Matter protests... 
There's imagery in the song. Loads of the songs have imagery of people rising up against the system. Obviously, that's classic Muse. But obviously, as we've already discussed, and Steve mentioned, as part of the Black Lives Matter protests, statues of slave owners and racist figures were torn down. That's on the artwork. And so the question is, are they saying something? Or did they not make the connection? Or did they make the connection and go, let's do it anyway? That's kind of like my a lot of my big question for Muse around here. And the album was written during a pandemic, a pandemic where we know that Matt Bellamy attended parties not wearing a mask, where people were wearing masks, uh, at a time when a lot of people were being pleaded with to wear masks. And there was this kind of large surge of people who were anti-mask, despite the recommendations and the guidelines, and in some cases, the laws that required that you wear them. And there was a lot of combative, often right-wing language that was used around the time, with people using the hashtag masks off and inferring that uh, the greater population was being controlled by governments and corporations, and and they certainly wouldn't be controlled by uh, governments and and corporations, despite it literally just being for the safety of of everyone. They will not uh, control us. We will be victorious. And and the anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers referring to those people who did follow the rules as sheeple, you know, that was a big loaded term around the time. And on this album, a song called Compliance, from the point of view of the oppressors rather than the oppressed, saying they just need people's compliance and they don't want people to have any self-reliance or to think for themselves. And there's stuff in there about people letting fear control them. And the music video features a lot of people wearing masks, albeit of a, of a different kind. And a lot of the promo material around the time featured references to hashtag masks off and remove your masks and people taking off their masks. <laughs> and the song before this, which is the opposite point of view, it's the point of view of like ordinary people describing the will of the people. And it describes it as the will of the sheeple uh, at one point directly using the right-wing anti-mask, anti-vax language. At the end, you can hear Matt Bellamy go, the will of the sheeple. Yeah. What are they saying? Or, again... Did they genuinely not make the connection? In which case, the question becomes, are they fucking thick or well, something? Or the, 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 the other sort of, the I would say the the, the sort of defence take upon it, before we get into actual Matt Venemy quotes, yes. um, is kind of why do, uh, currently, and it does kind of feel like this to an extent sometimes, in an ex- or, or that, not again, okay, exaggeration, but a little sentiment towards why at the moment does it feel like the right have a monopoly on anti-establishment ideals? If you know what I mean, that to say the word to to that 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 people see, oh let's not comply. I know this is sung from the opposite direction, but obviously the ultimate point and message is like, don't do this, right? It's just sung yeah. from the perspective of the people saying, do yeah, this. Yeah. Is obviously it's only it's just because at that time. A lot of the in the in the media in the public, a lot of the stuff that we saw that was people rising up against things and not complying was mm. by idiots, right wing, anti mask, etc. But does it necessarily mean that the right has a monopoly on those kind of sentiments? If you know what I mean. If you're looking at it objectively, no. And I think Matt Bellamy himself and therefore Muse by extension because he writes all the lyrics are quite an objective band 
I think both of these songs, despite being from points of view, are quite objective songs. They're not subjective. There's no real emotion in them. Um, but if you were to look at it subjectively, it's because the most prominent right-wing figurehead uh, of recent memory had just been elected into one of the most powerful political positions, running as an anti-authority person. You know, Trump was going, we're going to drain the swamp and I'm against government. And he came to power on that and ended up enacting a lot of quite dangerous policies. And so that's the mood, isn't it? That's the mood of the world at that point. But it's interesting because then on the flip side, uh, I mean, I'm, all of this is just us playing devil's advocates across the board, but uh, the, then what's the alternative is going, well, at the moment, it's the right's turn to have the sort of anti-establishment uh, sort of slant. So we have to shut up because you can't sound like you're right wing by, by, by using these sorts of, this sort of language, you know what I mean? Or this sort of... Uh, I can't disagree with that because at the moment I'm hugely anti-authoritarian because the authority at the moment is very right wing. Yeah. You know? But then if you wrote a song <laughs> that wasn't using specific terminology but was quite broad, as Muse are one to do, yeah. would, could you then be criticised of going, oh, that language is a bit, that language is a bit Brexit-y because you're singing and about... that is ultimately the crux of my point is that I don't think Matt, Matt Bellamy's going like, I'm a right-wing lunatic. <laughs> like, that's not what he's no. saying. And he's not saying, like, everybody spread the coronavirus, please. You know, he's obviously not saying that. He, but he's not a very good writer. Yeah, that's the one it ultimately comes down to. He hasn't put a lot of thought into it, is what it ultimately comes down to. See and my previous just... quote about hitting you on the head with a cricket yeah. bat. <laughs> and, 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 and also, he's just like that. Like, uh, the, the quote I've got from Matt Bellamy, and I've got two... Uh, one of them is him saying, don't start telling me what to do uh, or or don't do that or live like that. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. I will probably resist it. So there you go. That, that, that's what you were saying. It doesn't matter who the authority figure is, is to Matt Bellamy. He's against it just by the fact that they are in authority. Yeah. And that is quite a, and that is quite a, um, a sort of, uh, what's the word? Um, libertarian. A libertarian, but also like a bit of a privileged, uh, oh, you know. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, you know, because sure. he's in a position where he kind of can do whatever because he's got money and power. He can just go, well, I, I'm, a, I'm very anti, anti-authority and everything and I won't do anything because I can because my livelihood doesn't depend on it. And I, what, what I would also say is, is I don't think that art has a responsibility to be moral and just and good, right? And actually, if Matt Bellamy was very right-wing, he's got all the right, in the world that he wants to write songs about that. I don't necessarily have to like that. And that's just down to me. Yeah. And everyone's got every right to not listen to it. Exactly. Right. But the, I think the other thing is, is that in my heart, I know that Matt Bellamy is actually probably, I don't want to say level headed because he's clearly a mental person, but like, <laughs> but like he's, he's usually, he's on the side of good. I think, you know, he's not a force for evil. And so I find it frustrating when songs like this so badly misrepresent what it is I think he's trying to say. Do you know what I mean? And you could probably, you could probably tweak a few lines here and there yeah. and really change the read. Or at least make it so that to give it the unfavourable read, you'd have to work a lot harder. Yeah, whereas, I didn't have to do very much work. Whereas he makes that, it very easy for you to give it the unfavourable read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think in terms of Adam saying, is he just thick or something, I genuinely believe the language and stuff he uses is just without thought, like you said, because... He's just heard the words sheeple and gaslighting and going, 
That's in cool the zeitgeist at the moment. I'm going to put that into the Yeah, cool words. I'm going to use them. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. yeah. again, see previous cricket bat comment. I look, you, I, <laughs> I don't think that... I, like, I, think, I think mine is a reasonable interpretation. Um, I, I don't think it was Bellamy's intention. And, in fact, I know it wasn't because the, he's quoted as saying so. But, but the, the, the thing that he says illustrates my two main problems with this kind of stuff, I think, right? He said about it, because he was asked this, like, oh, couldn't you read compliance as quite a right-wing, anti-mask, anti-vax kind of position? And he said, it's an unfortunate coincidence. I could have written that song in 2008 or 2005. And that's right. So, but one, he knew how it sounded and just didn't put any further thought or care into it. Steve, there you go. That's fine. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. his prerogative. And two, absolutely, yes, he could have written this in 2008 or 2005, so why are you still churning out the same shit for 20 years? <laughs> Write something new. <laughs> like, if, like, if you are confronted with the two thoughts, this could be taken badly, and this sounds like something I wrote 10 or 20 years ago, just don't do it. Uh, but the sonics of the song I quite like. Uh, and, actually, and actually, interestingly, the, 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 the full quote of that, I mean, the full quote of it actually is more him just saying a lot of the, the same. But yeah, ultimately it is him kind of going, that is not my intention at all. It's an unfortunate coincidence. Uh, and then, you know, talking about people and lack of accountability online and all that sort of stuff. Also worth noting that he wrote this song in 2019. Right. So so any mask connotations specifically, right. okay. not an issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, it is right. the, but, it, but, the, but the interesting thing is that they, Matt, in his, in his, in his uh, tone deafness, didn't yeah. then look back at it and go, now... This, he did do another in pass. Change it to task. In twenty twenty one, this could have been read quite differently. Yeah, yeah. He didn't just didn't have that level flask. of thought. Speaking uh, of yeah, that, flask is fine. Take cask. off your flasks. Speaking of, speaking of tone deafness, actually, <laughs> uh, just to go back to the uh, just to go back to the chat GPT thing. I just Please. don't think liquid should be portable. I <laughs> I've, I figured someone would use the term tone deaf this episode to describe Matt Bellamy, and you know it just yeah, happened yeah. to be me, and certainly not intentionally. Big okay. It was an unfortunate coincidence. Big wink. Yes, it is. I, uh, I asked. I asked. <laughs> that in 2019. I asked the Chat GPT uh, if Matt Bellamy was tone deaf. Oh, oh yeah. I thought Matt Bellamy. You know, let's let's keep us on brand and let's ask the Chat GPT. He thinks there's no evidence to suggest that Matt Bellamy, the lead singer and guitarist of Muse, is tone deaf. In fact, he is widely recognised as a highly skilled and talented musician. Oh, there yeah, you go. Then yeah, lovely little redirection yeah, of the be. point. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's really good. Ask it if he's thick. <laughs> I also I also asked it if he's secretly if it's if he's secretly right wing. <laughs> what did it say? There is no evidence to suggest that Matt Bellamy, the lead singer and primary songwriter of Muse, is secretly right wing. In fact, he's Bellamy, actually a very good singer. In fact, Bellamy has been vocal about his support for progressive causes and his opposition to right wing politics. Throughout his career, right, Bellamy yeah. has used his music as a platform to express his views and a range of social and political issues. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. I'm not. Why am I doing this bit? It. Why do I? Why am I? Why does I bring this Chat GPT thing into this episode? I'm. I'm not convinced he does use it as a platform to express his views. I think he just uses it as like a platform to. They're they're not views, are they? They're just this is what's happening. Yeah, I I, I would almost love for them to do an album with a strict remit of you can't sing about politics, mm-hmm. uprisings, power dynamics. Anything like that, you know? But they can sing about down uh, sinkings. So what's that? As opposed what's to that? uprisings. Oh. So the, the, Steve, the people that was in power shit, 
Do you want me to just play People the next in, song? Lucas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Actually, actually can you not? Uh, can you not play the next song? When you put them back to back and have to discuss them on a podcast, you really do start to realise that they're doing the same. They're, they're, it's the same. They're talking about the same thing. Same it's, thing. Yeah. Always it's the same, same thing. Them, Always the same. Big Dems. Take down the big Dems. At least I know that's been a thing they've done a lot over the career, but I feel like in such quick succession, repeated songs in a row, this is this has reached a new high of like. The, the next one is the same as well, right? Yeah, or broadly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas at least like Simulation yeah. Theory, you had a song like that, and then you had a song about fucking the Matrix. You know, yes. living, in, this, living in VR or something. But this is Queen doing it. But this is, so. In, you know, in terms of the best of thing, this is the resistance. United States of Eurasia, States but not Eurasia, as good. But nowhere near as good. Yeah. Not very good, full stop. Easily my no, most yeah. skipped song on the album, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I, I dread this coming up. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> one of my, definitely one of my <laughs> two skipperoos. Yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, but, but it does, like, y- you had that quote at the beginning that is like, oh, this is the album you could play if you wanted to show people what a muse is, you know? If you wanted to go, what's muse? You'd go, I'll put this album on. First three tracks, yeah, covers a lot of ground of what muse are. Musically, yes. Musically, yeah. yes. I mean, lyrically. Well, lyrically, mate. Lyrically, no, but lyrically, they're showing one thing. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's swapped uh, positions yeah. twice. It starts with the oppressed, then it goes to the oppressor. We're back to the oppressed here. Uh, you know, the people who are rising up, you know. And, that, and also, that's why I also kind of thought it was a, a concept album. Because you're introducing all the characters, right? And, and, it, and they're all about one thing. So you're like, oh, this is going to be really focused. Um, and that kind of, that falls down in, in a couple of tracks' time. But uh, it's all, it's cohesive. Let's be kind about it and say it's cohesive. The thing is, mm-hmm. it's a fair shout that after the last few years we've had, saying I want to write an album about all of the terribleness of the world, fine. I think that's, yeah. I think that's perfectly cromulent. Uh, <laughs> but then because Muse are so broad, what they've actually just done is now written three songs in a row about just broadly, boo, boo the man, you know? Whereas you could have actually, you could, if, if you were uh, you know, a more intelligent writer, you could have actually gone more specific and written a song specifically about Black Lives Matter. You could have written a song specifically. Now, it would take more care and, and I was gonna say, navigation I than, I, Bellamy to than I think person. Matt Bellamy is capable of. What I mean is yeah. somebody, a, a, a band that, that could, I think that's a perfectly good thing to do is you could say, you know, we've had a shit fucking bunch of years. And yeah, I'm going to write one song's going to be about uh, 
about the, the virus and one's going to be about January 6th and one's going to be about Black Lives and one's going to be about climate change and one's going to be about economic crisis and one's going to be about authoritarianism. And I think that's completely cool. If all, if all those songs were sort of different enough in their, in their specifics of the lyrics that they are about something each, but instead they're all so, it's so broad is the problem. Because I think doing all of that and having a subject per song and then ending it with we are fucking fucked, cool. That, that's quite good. That's the intention, right? That's it is, but the problem is the like, way yeah. he writes lyrics is what yeah. is this saying that it's not being said in the in in Will of the People? There is some specificity. The the, the forced abdication regime revocation is 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 quite. When are those lines rhyme. in? There? They're in the lyrics, but we have plans to take you down. Is it then like? Oh, it's the forced abdication. <laughs> it's that bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gives us some kind of specificity that you don't often find in in, in Muse songs. Uh, or really in the rest of this song, actually. Um, yeah, you talk about two lines. Line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this this is the Black Lives Matter one, isn't it? Right? This is the one that he said was most inspired by Black Lives Matter. Yes. And there's the, like, for example, there's the, uh, 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 where's the line that he said? You were like, we intend to race your place in history. And I think, where, where's the line? Where's the line? Come on, Lucas, find yeah. the line. He says, because someone basically said to him, this song could be called Stop the Steal and be yes. a and be an yes. anthem for Trump supporters. And he said... And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. He no, said, no, no, it's no. the complete opposite of that. If anything, it's more leaning towards what I felt seeing the Black Lives Matter protests. I'm not going to try and claim I had to have any understanding of what that culture's been through or anything. Good. Good, good, mm-hmm. good caveat there. Yeah, good caveat. Uh, but intend to erase your place in history, quotes, was that feeling of anger, that emotion that you feel in that moment of revolution where you just want to tear it all down and destroy this, even to the extent of changing history itself. People pulling statues down. You stole the airwaves, the air belonged to us. If anything, that was a reference to what we were living through, waking up to a mental tweet every day that hijacked of public discourse by one person. I wonder who's talking about. Oh, uh, but then he kind of then does go on Alex to say... Alex But then what he does go on to say... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what he then does go on to say is very Matt Bellamy by numbers sort of overall sentiment which is if there's any common ground at all between these two extremely different viewpoints that are battling themselves out as the west kind of crumbles in on itself is the idea that there needs to be something that puts the powers that be or let's say the elites quote unquote big man bellamy energy (laughs) yeah uh, and i hate using that word no you don't you love it (laughs) uh in check and I think that is broadly right. true. I think, but the problem, and the, but the both sides are talking about the opposite people. I mean, that's. But this is the thing: is like when you get him speaking about it, he's quite eloquent. He's quite eloquent. I saw interviews, and I was going, "He's quite. He's yeah. coming across well. He's not putting his yeah. foot in it at all." And and it's it's not hugely important in my art, but he shares a lot of the same views as me on on a few things. He just can't. Put it into song, can he? Bless it's him. Weird though, he, like, and this is an interview, so he's probably coming up. He's not gone into an interview with that pre-script in his head. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Off the cuff, apparently, he can come up with a fairly eloquent point where he doesn't put his foot in his mouth, but give him a whole <laughs> song and months to write it, and he'll can't say, do it. And he can't do it. <laughs> he, he can have loads of tries at it, and he just can't well, do it. This is the thing. I don't think he has loads of tries at it. Like you know, when you write a song and you kind of do the kind of try to come up with the vocal melody, and you make nonsense, and he's first probably just thought, writing down. Thought. He does a f- yeah. He's just writing down a first draft. Mm. And never gets back round to it. Because that's what it feels like. Because it is just rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. I'd love to see Muse with a with a Nicky Wire. Or a Rishi Edwards. Or a whatever. You know, someone who's not necessarily one of the primary musicianal forces. Because I think Matt is good at doing that stuff. 
someone else to help him with his lyrics, that could be a game changer for Muse. Lucas, you are echoing exactly what I said in our Muse Final Thoughts episode. I just want him to get a lyricist. Yeah, absolutely. That would be incredible, wouldn't it? Because his, his vocals, his ability to write music, but with good lyrics, you're talking about, you're maybe talking about Adam Bate a little bit. A little bit. I can't remember the lyrics on the Chris Ralston home songs. Uh, they were, they were fine. They weren't, they weren't that much better, to be absolutely honest. At least they were about something personal, so that gave them something. They weren't yeah. singing, they will not control us, we will be victorious. They were singing about his alcoholism. That's good. Yeah. That is good, actually. Write that down. That's quite good. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, what is interesting is I don't remember really getting into the nitty-gritty of politics and interpretation and whether or not art has the, you know, how you, how you talk about that in art and, and stuff. I don't remember getting into that in the Muse season. And I think it's happening on this album because the music itself, standard Muse, isn't it? Mm. We've kind of talked about every aspect of this uh, of this the, the way that this sounds already for Muse I think apart from a couple albums on this track that I think do stand out in their own ways uh, don't correct him just don't we, we, everyone look the listeners will know what he meant it doesn't yeah. matter what? Like we don't have to correct him it's Why fine do I, what do you mean but, but there are several albums on this track there's loads just of albums on this track oh did there's I say several albums on this track <laughs> Um, I was going to let it go. Also, I mean, and also... <laughs> yeah, I was going to let it go as well. I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah, oh, no, oh, no, we cancel each other out. <laughs> and also, like, like broadly, uh, you say he's, he's eloquent, and I think he makes good points. Like, yes, it, that, it is true that there are two massively opposed sides that both want the same thing. They just hate the people on the opposite side. They both yeah. want the, stru- the power structures to change and for their lives to get better. It's just... The thing that what they mean by their lives being better on one side means one thing, on the other side means another thing. One yeah. side is we want fairness and justness and all to have a bit more money. And the other side is I don't like brown people. So right, yes, I, exactly. I, I personally think one side's more correct than the other. Personally. Yeah, yeah which one? Yeah, which is why it's weird for Matt Bellamy to be so objective and go like, whoa, 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 let's listen to both sides. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I get but I, this song's got nice piano. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do get his point. I do get like I think it's it's a it's a perfectly good statement to make to say everyone's pissed off and we're all allowed to be pissed off about lots of things. But I think you can also say, but I like these ones because they're not racist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, it's too objective, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, they're musically on this song. Um, it's pretty, yeah, this one's probably, so far, the most nothing, I would say. There's some piano. Yeah. It's got acoustic guitar. That's some, that's not that common. Yeah, towards the end, when it kind of dips oh, down like and does the harmony section, yeah. Little acoustic guitar. But yeah, this is the most standard so far. Which is interesting because it's actually, of the three we've heard so far, the most dynamic, potentially the most interesting the, you know, the most kind of like, whoa, it's got numerous sections and it's dramatic and whatever. But because they've done it before, we're just like, yeah, it's the United States of, of Eurasia. But not as good. Not, yeah. yeah. So, so meh. Whereas yeah. at least, like, where do the people had like good hook? It was a good <laughs> hook, good hook, baseline, riff leaden sort of, uh, you know, pop rock song. Compliance, fun synths and good baseline. Yeah. This one, very unmemorable. Apart from the United that goes, thank you. Yes. The Queen one. The yes, Queen, Queen one. I mean, the I did, I did roll my eyes when I first heard the song. I went for when this album first came out. I like put my headphones on, went for a nice walk, stuck it on loud, and when this song first came on, I was like, oh, big eye roll on that one. 
on Spotify, this is the one with the fewest streams on the whole album. That sounds right. Can I throw out a guess that the next one would be Ghosts? It's not. No. Oh. No. Ghosts a... is uh, third from bottom. Oh. Euphoria. That's right. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Oh, no, no sorry. Uh, Ghosts has actually more streams than We Are Fucking Fucked as well. Do we, is it because of positioning album situation? Because that's Yeah, weird. probably. Uh, maybe yeah, some yeah. people just aren't getting to the end. <laughs> mm. I never believed that I would concede and let someone trample on me. You strung me along, I thought I was strong, but you were just backsliding me. I've opened my eyes and counted the lies, and now it is clearer to me. Just a user and an abuser Living vicariously I never believed that I would concede And get myself blown asunder You strung me along I thought I was strong But now you have pushed me under I've opened my eyes and counted the lies And now it is clearer to me You are just a user and an abuser And I refuse to take it Fucks, done it. Yeah, it's what I wanted. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and and do you know what? Like, uh, yeah, music been heavy before or whatever. This is the first one where I'm like, oh, this is something like a little bit new on the album, right? There's, you know, they've sounded like this before, but never exactly like this. It's not. They've never gone fully this heavy on an album, I don't think. No, they've not gone. This is this album's got a couple of the songs that are the the heaviest they've gone. They've gone, you know, uh, first album that's had double bass drums, a staple of the metal genre. It's a metal staple. Double bass. Mm-hmm. Um, Most of them are. And yeah, like big fucking, you know, drop G, seven string sort of guitar yeah. sound, you know, that really like... Slipknot that really Slipknot, Slipknot. I mean, we'll, yeah, slipknot, I mean, we'll yeah. get to it when we get to, uh, yeah, to okay, it. Yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Being slipknot, big influence. Um, this is, I mean, what in terms of your, your uh, Muse best of thing, I guess you're talking like early, origin of symmetry. I actually think you're kind of talking drones. Maybe a bit of drones. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe just a bit heavier though, isn't it? Drones is quite like it rock. Is, yeah. Like, you know, it's produced by Mutt Lange and it's a bit sort of like, this has got a bit more dirt to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's heavy muse though. It's doing the heavy muse yeah. thing, whether it's yeah. earlier or On later. On their best of going, we're all so heavy. We do rock. Yeah. We do riffs. Yeah. But, and you'll have a mosh. I mean, I, I'm a, <laughs> and you will have a mosh. And you will mosh. And you will. Uh, I'm that boring muse fan that was like, oh, I just want a pure heavy muse album even though it was never going to happen. So when they first uh, so did the release of this, out, you were like, oh shit, are they doing a heavy oh, album? But, yeah, oh, is, that actu- oh, is it actually going to happen? This is the first thing we heard, right? So I, I yeah. thought we were going to get something a bit weirder and a bit darker than we actually ended up getting for the album. Yeah. Because this is the one with the weird matte lady thing mask with the long the melts. And-, and thinking about it, that might be why I was so initially disappointed by Compliance. Yes, because you we went, heard oh, this, and, and I was like, "Oh, interesting, interesting. We're gonna do, we're doing, we're going in a certain direction here." And then compliance came out, and I went, 
oh, we're just, oh, this sounds like simulation theory. Yeah. yeah. And then we obviously never did the follow-up. We didn't do bong for every single flipping single because that would have been silly. So we... Also, you, you wanted to stop listening to the singles, didn't you? Yeah, I don't. Have that I, I definitely didn't listen to Kill or Be Killed. I can't remember if I listened to Will of the People. I don't think I did either. Will of the, Will of the... I think I only listened to those first two songs and then went... Thank you. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the verses in this. Where's the melody? Um, Where's the melody gone, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just get rid of that. Just do all the heavy bits. Just do all the rest of it. I mean, yeah. I don't mean that. But And then the verses, and then the choruses aren't very melodic because the focus there is the big riffs and the big heavy. Like, the vocal is there, but it's not really the primary bit, is it? Like it's not kind of the driving force of those choruses. It's the big guitars and and everything. Yeah. You could like this. This could be an instrumental, and it probably wouldn't do too much harm to the song. Yeah, the hook of this song is, and then there's the heavy bit, and then there's the other heavy bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind um, the chorus. I don't mind the won't stand down. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but then I prefer when the guitar goes <laughs> like. That that's mm. the cool bit is when the guitar. Yeah, does that's it. the cool bit. That is the cool bit. The big heavy slipknot breakdown. Big heavy slipknot. Yeah. Big heavy slip. Uh, oh yeah, and then there's obviously then there's obviously the breakdown. The yeah, and and I'm doing and I'm doing metal lips, of course. I'm yeah, doing yeah, yeah, of course. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, the Isle of Wight. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. Um, <laughs> I, saw, I saw it at Hammersmith Apollo. You don't see me banging on about it. Well, yeah, yeah, we, we did. it three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> did they come out of this song into the Slipknot riff? Because they did when I saw them. Uh, I don't remember. What? Duality? Uh, yeah, yeah they so. play yeah. Duality sometimes yeah. live. Yeah. Um, interesting. These sort of slightly relevant to the um, a recent episode that we did on the Patreon. Um, the producer specifically wanted to recreate Mick Gordon's sound off of the Doom soundtrack. Normal name, isn't it? Mick what Gordon. What a Mick. normal name. What a normal name. But obviously we <laughs> talked about that soundtrack recently. And uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was specifically an influence for this, like the, the tone, the guitar sound of that like horrible, low industrial sort of heavy yeah. guitar sound. That's quite cool. Industrial is a good shout. Industrial. Yeah. It has industrial. definitely got an industrial yeah. sound to it, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, the the massive bois parts of the big, I don't know if it's interesting. It's just a bit of business, you know. And I feel like we've just done a Radiohead season, so we've got to keep up business. Don't don't apologise for your trivia. Just go into it's it not trivia. It's fact. What's what's yeah. the difference in trivia and facts? Well, facts. Tri- you, trivia you is short. Later, if someone asks you a question about it, so is the fact that it features facts. a double bass drum trivia? Yep. Yeah. Because because there might be a question on it that says is the what kind is of the bass tra- drum was on this? Tra- is get the track link double trivia. bass drum, or is that just a fact? Uh, yep. Yeah. I think I think that's info. That's just information. Okay. I don't know. Is it, How long? So is the it? fact that it's track four information. That's information. The fact that it's called yeah. won't stand down information. Well, you, we you're confusing that as by saying song? by saying the fact that it's track four. Is that is information? You're well, the, okay, the, the, too, okay. The fact that there's a double bass drum on the song. Do it again. Do I think again. it's probably interesting, surprising information is trivia. Maybe so. Fair enough. Why has no one done a track four rock song joke? Oh, we're saving it for kill or be killed. The I track because like the track, track seven. seven rocks, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> oh, that is actually annoying, actually, isn't it? Uh, something oh, I don't interesting like interesting happened to me at some point uh, with this one. There's uh, another song on the album. That is about uh, domestic abuse, and there was an interview before the album came out talking about that, 
and that song and this song won't stand down were mentioned like in the same sentence and i became i think i messaged you guys about it i became so sure that i'd cracked the code and actually someone had misunderstood the interview and this was the one that was actually about domestic abuse especially because this one is like dark and the other one isn't but the lyrics are like I never believed that I would concede and let someone trample on me. You strung me along. I thought I was strong, but you were just gaslighting me. I've opened my eyes and counted the lies, and now it is clearer to me. You're just a user and an abuser living vicariously. And then Lucas, you said, yeah, it is better. And then Lucas, you said, but yeah, read the lyrics to the other one. (laughs) And I was like, oh, right, yeah. And because it's abuse, when they did the domestic abuse one, they were so on the nail, like so on the nose about domestic abuse that there was no other way of reading it. And this one is just kind of, it's Muse lyrics that are like so amorphous and vague that they can kind of be about anything, which kind of makes them a bit uh, a bit about nothing in some yeah, ways. The, the abuser could be the big guy, the exactly. big, the big yeah. power. But I also do think, I mean, again, we talked about it on the on Little Bong episode, using the word of the day gaslighting is just you know big cringe energy um but i do like some of the actual like I mean, that's pretty cringe in itself whether it's big cringe energy whether it is um a, not necessarily the lyric the actual words that he's saying but the sort of cadence i mm. do quite like things like you're just using and abusing it uh, uh like i would never believe that i would concede like all this i don't know the the cadency of those verses i do quite like it's the rhyme scheme. For it's me. the rhyming scheme and the cadence that he sings it. I do yeah. quite like the lyrics yeah. themselves are muse, pretty standard muse stuff. It's 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 a vague stab at the intricacies of oppression again. Which again and again, I'm, I'm going to be kind, guys. If nothing else, consistent with the last three tracks, it's a cohesive album so far, and I do think he's going for something along the lines of what I was reaching for in terms of, like, abuse and stuff, because he said it's a song about standing up to your bullies. Yeah, right? which is a weird thing for, like, a 30, like a 40-something-year-old man, right? Like, a song about bullying. Well, he, he even qualified it with, like, whether that be on the playground, at work. Why is that his first example, though? He's a 40-something-year-old man. <laughs> he went up because I reckon when he's, taking, when he's taking his kids to the playground... Matt Bellamy's the one that's getting bullied by the other kids. <laughs> the kids are going, yeah, you loser. loser. For sure. For sure. You're only five yeah. foot six. <laughs> um, you make me feel like it's Halloween. You make me feel like I want to punch you in the face. That's the sort of thing I'd say. That's the sort of thing you'd say. Yeah. yeah. Um, can, can, I, can I say something negative about the, the whole album that I think this song suffers at the hands of a little bit? The mix is a bit shit. We mentioned this because when it kicks into the chorus, it doesn't go up anywhere. It kind of yeah. just, oh, it's not it's quite, quite there. It's very muddy. Do you, know what it, do you know what it is? It's, it's that it's heavily, heavily compressed. Right. And, and it's part of the ongoing, I thought it had finished, but it's the ongoing loudness wars. This album is so, so heavily compressed. And you don't notice it on this song. You don't really notice it on the, the other three because they all have some kind of distorted element to them. You really notice it on the next one, which is there is actually audio clipping all over the album, which is crazy on a, on an album that must have had so much budget behind it and recorded by professionals. There are songs on this that clip. You can hear the distortion. I still don't get the I still don't get the impetus behind the loudness wars. I still don't get what the goal of it is. Loud to be the loudest. Yeah, loud. But why? Is like we can loud just, is better. But we can. I could just turn the volume down, and then it's not as loud. 
I know. Well, I, but then, I, I but then you put another record on, and it's directly next to it, and that's louder, so you pay attention to it more. Yes, and and like it's 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 actually come at uh, like it has prevailed in the wake of shuffle, basically, because when people listened to an album from front to back and they were paying attention to it, the album just needed to be at the same volume as everything else, and then you would pay attention. You'd put another album on, and then you'd adjust the volume accordingly. Now, when you put everything in shuffle, and shuffle started with the big CD changes, you know, you could put mm-hmm. like 10 CDs in, and it would shuffle between all of them. People would be like, fucking hell, like racing over to the volume thing, because the volumes were so different. So it became fashionable to make sure everything was the same volume, and everything just got louder and louder and louder and louder, because louder kind of sounds punchier. And now we're at a point where everything is so compressed, and it's... We all listen to this on Spotify. Spotify is the worst thing for it. The vinyl of this sounds a little bit better. Uh, and there's another thing that I'll show you later that, that is even better. But um, yeah, actual audio clipping is something that I haven't heard in a long time. I get wanting to normalise the volume in the wake of playlists and, and, and um, shuffle. Yeah. I don't get why that means everything has to be compressed. I don't, surely to normalise it, you just kind of need like the baseline to be roughly the same as everything else, but you can still allow it to is. have peaks and troughs instead no, of that's, squeezing no, you don't want that. it all you in You don't together. want that. You don't want it because that, that's bad for radio is well, what that's bad for. Good thing no one listens to the radio except, you know, grannies and my wife. I know, but it's all hung around. And then of course, the, 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 the prevalence of rock music being like the quote unquote primary art form of pop music or whatever meant that everyone was just trying to be, no, 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 my album's really loud. I tried so hard. My album's louder than everybody else's. And then someone comes along and goes, no, my album's louder, actually. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Imagine, like, one of us was really stupid and didn't know, like, I know what it means, but, like, imagine one of us was really thick and didn't know what audio clipping was. Could you, like, imagine... That one of it's me. I'm I'm the thick guy. What's audio yeah. clipping? What does clipping mean? Um, it's when something is so loud that it starts to distort. Oh wow! Okay, ready? Listen to this. You might want to take your headphones off. Hi. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've yeah. got a big peak on here, and you can hear that it distorted. My voice where is it, no longer clear. Where it's as a block, you don't have yeah, a point yeah. at the end of your. If waveform you look at anymore. the waveforms of a bunch of albums, some of them are just solid like the waveforms are just an oblong that's because they're uh, that's because they're that's, fucking tough though aren't they they're fucking yeah, solid they're better because they're, they're louder solid and i have a feeling yeah. if you look at the waveform for won't stand down it's going to look like a block of cheese right yeah okay <laughs> uh, a couple of uh production things about this song the the big sounds yeah the that bit uh, is recorded so using two... Now, I don't understand this, Adam. Recorded using two wire pedals attached to each other, attached together on top of a wooden cutting board and some tape so they can be controlled simultaneously with the distortion recorded direct as opposed to through an amp, giving it a gnarly sound. Okay, so he's put it through two wire pedals and put the... Uh, yeah, it's not run through an amp. It's it's directly injected into the soundboard. Oh, okay. Is that who, is, is, so? Is that interesting? It gives a clearer sound. Like if I if I was talking into this microphone and it was coming out of my amp, and I put another microphone next to the amp, and that's how you were hearing me, it would sound like muddy, and you wouldn't have a clear as uh, as clearer 
conception of my voice. So, it, yeah, so it's giving you crystal clear sound, but he's running it through uh, the distortion and the, uh, and the wah to kind of fuzz it up. In, I know people, obviously, proper professional musicians have opinions on amps and have preferences and understand that different amps give different qualities and all these things. Mm-hmm. In studios, are you telling me they put their pedals and all goes through an amp, the amps of their choice based on the sound that they're going for and all this stuff, and they mic up the amp? Mm. Yeah. So then you're adding room acoustics into the mix as well. Yeah, and so that's why rooms are treated and why people start putting like boards up in certain places that re- re- make sure the sound doesn't reverberate too far and all that. Yeah. That's mad though. Instead of just like having it all go direct into. Sometimes they do for certain yeah, I mean, things. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff where they don't. But like, yeah. sure, a lot of people just put it straight into fucking logic and use a use a amp virtual. But- most most rock music that has been recorded over the last 100 years is a microphone placed on an amp. Yeah. That's, that's mad. That's how Muse would have recorded 90% of their guitars. That's how, like, Radiohead would have been recording OK Computer, all in the same room. It's all coming from amps with microphones placed on the amps and stuff. Yeah. I don't know why that's weird to me. I know, because obviously that's how you, you, how you have to do a drum. Because it's an acoustic mm. instrument. I can't DI it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, the fact that a guitar, you just think you take like a loop straight out on a jack, plug it straight in. But then, yeah, then you're not getting the quality of the actual tube or yeah. or not, not a tube if it's not a tube amp. But, you know, yeah, I guess it's... I mean, a, a lot of people will record both at the same time. And uh, a lot of rock bands will do like, I'm going to play its guitar part. I'm going to put it into a signal splitter and we're going to have it coming out of four amps at the same time. And they're all going to be placed in different points around the room with different microphones. So you can, like, in the mixing, decide which amp you can hear slightly more of and stuff. It's, it's, it's a full art uh, mixing. Fart. And engineering and recording and stuff. Yeah. That's mad, isn't it? Oh, well, speaking of which, mixed by Dan, one of the songs mixed by Dan Lancaster, who then went on to Lanky. That's nice. Uh, also, the the, 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 the the bit that sounds like Take On Me. Yeah, um, yeah is using a guitar viol, which is a half guitar, half viola slash cello instrument uh, cool. that's six strings, and Matt played it all and recorded like sixteen to 12 to 16 different versions of it to simulate an orchestra. So it's actually one where Muse didn't get real musicians in. You know how you know Muse Muse aren't exactly don't exactly have the the low budget. They'll get in an orchestra if they need it, or they'll get in yeah, a yeah. string quartet. Pandemic baby. They actually did. Just Matt has a little like there's a, there's a little Instagram video of it, and it's like it looks it kind of looks I've like seen that video. It yeah. kind of looks like Paul McCartney's weird bass viola bass. But that's just yeah, obviously yeah. that's just an aesthetic thing, mostly, isn't it? That's mm. just the style. But it actually is kind of one of them, and it's like a weird yeah weird instrument. Is that interesting? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. I find this all very interesting. Right. I'm fed up of this. Yeah. I'm fed up of this, all this fucking political talk and all this, just <laughs> all this. I'm, nah, I'm done bringing with you it. down. Too much. I'm done with it. Too I'm much. done with it. I can't be asked with it. Should we have a little pause then? Do we have a little pause? Stop. We'll come back okay, to it next week. I, we'll come back uh, to it next week. Honestly, I don't care. I just want to, honestly. <laughs> just end it all. <laughs> right. We'll come, we'll come back to it next week. That's fine. Uh, just really quickly, this episode, for better or for worse, is dedicated to Stefan Wilco. That, that's the name on our on our Discord. Hello, Stefan. One of our biggest mate subscribers over on Patreon. Thanks very much for subscribing. Legend. Yeah, nutcase. Uh, before we go, I'm just going to read a little email. We're obviously, you know, loads of these emails 
are from the midst of our Radiohead season. So, you know, we're, we're playing catch up on, on a few of them. But this is from Felix Wilson. Uh, the subject line is email in case you were confused about what platform this is. Okay, here we go. Hi, guys. My name is Felix and I'm 21 and live in Melbourne. Yes, we have music and the internet in Australia. Crazy times. They're from Australia. Good day, mate. No. I am a big Radiohead fan and have massively enjoyed your podcast, which really helped me understand and appreciate albums like Kid A, which I couldn't stand before hearing you guys talk about it. I'm a bit like Steve. I like the rock songs, especially if they're three quarters of the way through the album. But Very I love good. your podcast mainly because given my age, most of my friends were born after the Ben's OK Computer and Kid A were released, and most of us were just starting to appreciate Spongebob when In Rainbows came out. Safe to say none of my friends want to talk to me about Radiohead. Hey, I know that feeling. The closest thing I can get is I've got a mate who likes Oasis. Hmm, maybe I should get some new friends. Usually when I tell people Radiohead are one of my favourite bands, they either don't care, think I'm weird, or are concerned about my mental health, which just <laughs> makes me love Radiohead even more. So your podcast is where I come to listen to a conversation where more than one person cares about Radiohead, which, needless to say, brings me great joy and satisfaction. I think your episodes on OK Computer are my favourite, especially the way you describe the coming together part of Letdown Please keep up the good work. Hope you guys have a great day, Felix. P.S. Even after you guys discussed it at length, when I listen to Paranoid Android, I really can't tell the difference between the first three boops and Tom's boop. They still sound the same to me, no matter how I listen to it. I guess I'm lucky. Well, Felix, I'm about to make you unlucky. You do still have a fourth normal boop, but you can hear Tom saying boop underneath the normal boop. Boop under the boop. Yeah, it's a classic boop under boop situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, Next Monday, we're going to wrap up uh, our track-by-track discussion of Will of the People, and we will give you our thoughts on it, uh, and it'll be a fun time. But before you listen to that, come and let us know what you think of Will of the People and what you think of the things that we've talked about so far. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at What Is Music Pod, TikTok at What Is Music. And if you want to send in something a little bit longer, have us read it out like we did with Felix. Email us, whatismusicpod at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard here and you'd like a little bit more of it, please come over to our Patreon page where you can find all kinds of extra podcast shows. There's one where we talk about all kinds of different music as we make themed playlists. There's one where we revisit Manitory Preachers. There's bonus commentaries. There's music discussion episodes. There's ad-free episodes of this show. There's a really cool Discord community. And subscriptions start from as low as £3 a month. Uh, And you can get tips on removing people from your home. You can Mm. head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes for up to two episodes every single week. And of course, if you'd like to buy some merchandise to support us, you can. You can head over to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com, or you can send us a little one-off donation over on coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com slash whatismusic. Best way to support us is still what you're doing right now, which is listening to us. Uh, if you want to, you can rate the show, you can review the show, you can subscribe to the show, and you can share it with all of your music-loving friends, all of those things the podcast asks you to do. And that about does it. Thanks again for listening. And before you go, remember... Don't will your people, or people will will you. Who's will? Will will. will.